Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Splash Weather Repel Premium Windshield Wash features a 3-in-1 formula that repels rain, sleet, snow, and bugs while leaving a streak-free shine. And its advanced beating technology keeps you seeing safely all year long. See safely on the road when you apply a little splash. Pick some up at Walmart today. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. Posted maybe a half. Yeah, there was a lot of a lot of people on Facebook commenting. Right. I would imagine, you know, I I had mixed feelings about this album when it first came out because I think I was expecting more something that would just blow my head off because it was Pearl Jam, you know, in 1995. Yeah. You know, after Vitology came out, and I love Pearl Jam, and it was Neil, and you know, he had his resurgence and the Godfather grunge. I'm like, finally. Yeah. This, these two worlds are coming together, and it's going to be fucking amazing. And I think at the time, I was a little underwhelmed. I get yeah. it. Or high. I don't know. We, uh, what, I, what I was saying to Luke before we started was that on my first listen, I was also a little... No, I, I was just... I was expecting more. But then I think once I like did the research on it and stuff, I came and I came to the grips with the fact... That Eddie Vedder is just not in this record. Barely. Then yeah, I right. could enjoy it more. Like, well, he's in it a, a barely at right, all. Yeah. Right, And once I was like, all right, now I'm going to listen again, 
with just the knowledge that this is a Neil Young record, right? right. But yeah. instead of Crazy Horse, it's Mike McCready and Jack Irons. Like that's what yeah. I'm going to go into it, right? At. Yeah. And then once I did that, I I really enjoyed it, and that's what it was. Yeah, or is basically. But it's, but it, but yeah, at the time, they didn't if really you see Pearl right Jam, you're going to think like him and Neil singing and. Right. Uh, yeah, so, and, that, and that was probably yeah. why I felt yeah. disappointed because I was expecting totally more of a collaboration. Right. So I I loved it, but I think like I loved it more than Sleeps with Angels. Um, really? Yeah. And but oh. I think it's because I have the benefit of not having had listened to it in '95 when it came out. Like I'm to be honest, up until we started doing this podcast, I didn't even know Pearl Jam was on this record. I knew like maybe one or two songs off of it. I think Downtown was the only one that I had even remotely heard before. Mm-hmm. And it, that's, I'll be honest, my least favorite song on this record. Is it really? And I love this record. And I like that song, but it's, uh, I think n- having the benefit of listening to it with 2020 ears, being a Pearl Jam fan and a Neil fan, I really like this record. I like its consistency. I like I like the fucking the electric guitar on it is fucking. It's some of again some of Neil's finest fucking. Well, yeah, the, oh yeah, the tone yeah. and the sound. Right. for Just me, I really like. I know some people were saying it, they they don't like it, but this is um I, I enjoy. And that's it. with Mike McCready. And, Mike McCready know, is awesome. Mike really McCready great, is yeah. is a guitar player who I think doesn't get his due. When he you mention the man. greatest guitar players, no, ever, I, I, I always put Mike. McCready I wrote up in my there. notes how I wanted to talk about yeah. about that also, in particular because I think the first time I heard Yellow Leadbetter, I was like, "This fucking the, like the guitar playing." He's just, no. and I know that's not one of the songs you'd think, but for me, it was just no. It's the interesting the shit that he does, yeah. and he's just. What are we doing? Oh, hit the fucking intro! Yeah, let's hit the intro. Jesus we've Christ! Talked about Neil, we've talked about nothing but Neil since the beginning of this yeah, five episode, minutes. And I don't we know. haven't even talked about ourselves I once. Know. Let's hit the let's hit the Fuck. intro. Let's do it. Mike, you start at the Pike tomorrow, so we wrote you a little song. You lost your gig one year ago. But now you're back where you belong And we wish you the best of luck I'll be listening in my truck I hope your interludes don't suck Just remember that you can't say fuck on the radio It's not a podcast, it's the radio You're back on the motherfucking morning show Yeah, Mike's on the pike Mike's on the pike You better play some fucking Neil And sneak in some town meeting too It better not be just Rush (laughs) And little jokes about Italian subs (laughs) And if we don't hear Josh sniff We're gonna lose our fucking shit Till the morning comes When Mike's on the pike Six to ten a.m. Mike's on the pike He'll let the good stuff spin Mike's on the pike Maybe nails will call in Oh god Mike's on the pike We'll get nails to call in No, 
we're going to listen to, to your, your morning, morning show. show. <laughs> That's right. To your morning show. You better believe it. We'll be listening. Oh, God. We're gonna listen to your morning show. All of us youngsters will be listening to your show. Doing your morning show. It's what going to be a wonderful show. I like you. It's now on the morning show. We, that's freaking me out now. It was nice when it started. Now it's starting to freak me out a little bit. Congrats to Mike oh, Shue on getting the morning thank show you. on the pike. That was we, uh, awesome. Thank you very last much. Last minute, we whipped that up. We thought it'd be. I wanted to. I wanted to record something new on uh, my new old black over there. And I thought, oh yeah. What yeah. What a better first song to record with than. A little morning show. Thank tribute. you, guys. Appreciate are you excited? That. Are you I'm, nervous? I'm, yeah, I'm both. I'm excited. I'm extremely nervous. To be in at, like, probably, I was gonna say six, but you have to start at six. Yeah, I get to start at six. When I'll, do you get in? I'll probably get there. Well, since I only live five minutes away, thank praise the maker. Yeah, for that's that. awesome. Um, yeah, I can probably get in there at like four thirty. So. And you got Carrie and Barbary on the first step, first day. Well, just Carrie. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then uh, I think Barbary will be Tuesday. Oh, nice. And then I'll get LB in there. And oh, nice. John Osterland is going to check in. He works in New Orleans I think, now. I don't think I know, you know Ozone? I don't think. No? I must have missed Mid-day him. guy for a long time. He's like one of my idols. I missed him, I think. And then Bob and Zip, who are already on the pike on Saturdays, will check in. And, and uh, Nice. Uh, a couple other people may is show it, up. Is it like going to be music and yeah. talk stuff? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, nice. I mean, it's a music station. It's yeah. a classic rock station. They want me to play music. I anymore. hope they let you do a little more talking, because I think that's, like, what makes morning shows. Well, you know, that yeah. means more work for me. Yeah, but... I'd rather not. <laughs> Maybe you got to keep those You got to keep those pipes exercised. <laughs> oh, I do. Believe me. I yell at my kid a lot. Those pikes pipes. I do. I yell at my daughter. Pike hey, why don't pipes. you try taking out the trash for once? <laughs> that's... Just kid. She goes, don't use that voice, Dad. You're freaking me out. Chloe, Mike Shue here. Uh... <laughs> Hey, take out the trash. Wait, it's what? ten fifteen. Why is partly cloudy today? High forty nine. Why? Hold on. Why is your yelling at your daughter voice just uh... Troy McClure? Troy no. McClure, you might recognize me, recognize no, me from such say... films as Here Comes the Coast Guard. I was gonna say, uh, what's his name from Star Trek? Oh, uh, George Takei. Oh, Takei. George Takei. Oh yeah. my. Yeah, he's only like George. Oh my Takei. god, that's, that's your... a great Takei. That's because it's your standard deep. You know, yeah. uh, Asian American voice. Yeah. Well, thanks. Can you can you burn me a copy of that? I already did. Oh, thank I got you, brother. I can play it on the air. No, you can't. And then get fired. <laughs> you could be. I it was out, actually maybe. worrying. That's a good point because I was actually worrying about that, and I, I I worry about it every time. Even when I was doing nights, I was like, "This is not a podcast. Don't say fuck. Yeah. yeah. Don't say fuck." Well, I mean, it is a good thing you have you know thirty years of experience on the radio. That really doesn't matter. <laughs> it's so easy for me to suck. Oh, I bet. Yeah, yeah. but you'll have a dump button. Yes. That's true. We I got to figure out where that is. We should get a dump button for here. <laughs> I don't even know what that means, to be honest. It's because you, what are you, 10 seconds or 15 seconds yeah, ahead, it, right? Yeah, you can be, oh, oh, oh it's oh. digital editing. So gotcha. if I said fuck, then I could hit the yeah. dump button, then it would take the la- the previous like 10 seconds out and yeah. attach it. And okay. then, but the problem with that is you have to wait another 10 to 15 seconds for it to ramp back up. Yeah. And like when you have someone like comedian like Lenny Clark on the air, <laughs> and he goes cocksucker, and then you hit dump, and he goes, "Oh, what'd you have to hit dump?" Because I said cocksucker, <laughs> and then you're just like, "Oh God, I'm gonna get fired." You gotta go to commercial or something like that, right? It still goes out over the air. Yeah. <laughs> I just saw Lenny Clark on. Uh, I watched the Patrice documentary. Oh, is that good? Really, I haven't seen that yet. Really fucking good. I forgot how good Patrice was. Yeah, but. he's pretty amazing. Yeah, was was yeah. Unfortunately, ten years ago. Isn't that wild? Is it Holy really? Jesus. Yeah, and then Geraldo was like fifteen years ago. 
Oh was my it? No. Yeah. 15? Really? I think something Greg like Geraldo that. Geraldo was 15 years ago? I think That's Geraldo crazy. was before Patrice. Patrice was 2011. He died. And it's Holy 2021. So. Wow. Yeah, it's wild. That's bananas. Anyway. Let's talk about Neil. Let's talk about yeah. Neil. Enough about us. There, we've talked about us. Yes, we got us out of the way. We'll <laughs> dip back in in 30 seconds or yeah, so, right. probably. We'll talk about something totally, you know. Well, we definitely need to talk about Pearl Jam. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I could do that. I could do a awesome whole other Pearl Jam. Pearl I love Pearl. Podcast I've always Pearl loved Jam. Well, like yeah. I said in one of the last episodes, they were like they were my favorite nine. So band. like I said, a lot of um a lot of mixed reviews on social stuff. I posted it on Facebook, just the album cover, and right yeah. away people were commenting. But before I get to them, one of my uh Neil gurus, Russ, you know him, Chris Latart. Mm-hmm. He's like a huge Neil fan. Loves Neil Young and Tom Petty more than anyone I know in my life. Nice. Um I actually he was Possibly going to come on today, but he couldn't make it this weekend. But uh, he said, um, Mirrorball reminds me of a certain time. Um, so for your episode, I'd go with a bush light and a half a joint to kick off the episode. <laughs> That's perfect. Um, yes. And, and he says, looking at the song list, damn, I damn do I love this one. I'm the ocean. Throw your hatred down. So many killer songs. And to be fair, even though Pearl Jam backed him, and as a big fan of Pearl Jam at the time, I didn't even know they were involved before I bought the cassette at Newberry's. <laughs> P.S. I still have the cassette. Nice. So, mm. Yeah, so that's pretty fucking cool. That's awesome. A lot of people That's weird were... that he, you Go. and he, didn't know no Pearl idea. Jam was on it. But he, he must be older than you if he bought the cassette. He's, yeah, he's, yeah, he's like, like five or six years older than me. I think he's in his like early 40s, in his maybe. Early 40s, and that's yeah. weird because that was a huge deal when it came out. Like when that news broke that, oh, Neil and Pearl Jam are making an album, you know, that was insane because it was such a, you know, a natural fit. They've been on TV together, yeah. you know, and uh, Pearl Jam had been always praising Neil and in, in the press. And so I'm going to read one comment because this ties into what you're saying into um, one of the things that I, I think was one of the biggest bummers of the release of this album. Um, and again, I'm speaking from 25 years later. But uh, James Clark, top fan of the podcast, uh, we got to have a youngster title for him. We'll figure something out. Can he be youngster of the month? Oh yeah, it's been nails for like six months. Oh my God, I totally right? forgot about that. Yes, yeah, nails is getting free advertising. <laughs> okay, James Clark, I'm gonna yeah. do that. I'm gonna make you youngster Tonight, of the month. You're gonna be youngster mm-hmm. of the month. Yeah, send us a photo. Yep. Uh, he says great fun album, but only half of it. Great one, two, three of the first three tracks. He said, Downtown Never Fails, even though it's transparently supposed to be the crowd-pleasing hit single. Always loved Fallen Angel, Fragment at the End, and then he wrote, Insert Cripple Creek Ferry Routine. <laughs> no way. Here. That's way better than Cripple Creek Ferry. Okay, so I was going to ask you that, but before yeah. I get to that, so the, I think the big miss for me is Downtown. I think if if you had picked almost any of the other songs as the single, I think it would have made this record that much more. Like I always go to Truth Be Told. Mm-hmm. Um, is that what it's called? No. Yeah. Isn't is that it? it? No, it's uh, Truth, Truth Be Known. Truth Be Known. Yeah. Um, but Truth Be Known is one of my favorite, I think sneakily one of my favorite Neil songs ever. I wow. love this song. And if this was the single, I think it would have really, because Downtown is, it's it's fine, but it's too like corny or hokey or something. And that's why it was the single. Really? Because Truth, it, it's got it's got more mass appeal in my opinion you think so absolutely i don't i it's, think i disagree one, i don't know one musically it's probably the most tuneful song on the album and simple right yeah and it has the message it has is much lighter 
then truth be known. Well, it's or, just about Crosby, Stills, Nash, and Nash and Young. Right? Just the one line. Okay. We'll get himself to that. too. Drink. <laughs> And then, uh, but that's to me that it, because it's just a fun song on an album that has a lot of heavy, sure, heavy, you know, uh, uh, subject matter on it. Um, I, I would have made it throw your hatred down, even that, one, yeah, because one, because that seems to be what most people mention as far as really liking uh, sticking out on this record to them, and they did that try that. The, did they, they? Yeah, when back in the nineties, because that 90s, also has the most nineties sound. Yeah, yeah. and they that. tried to market. Yeah. They tried to market that. Yeah, as that the is next a very nineties. Yeah. yeah, I wrote that was the one where I was like, "This is the one song that when it starts, I'm like, okay, yes, this feels like nineties. Yeah, it sounds. It's one yeah. of the songs that sounds a lot like Pearl Jam. Yeah, and I remember that because I was working at an alternative station at the time, and we were playing that. The throw Your Hatred Down? Yeah. Because, Were you playing downtown? No, we okay. weren't playing downtown. Interesting. But we played Throw Your Hatred Down, and I think it was because our boss thought it really, it was a very Pearl Jam sounding yeah, song. Yeah, yeah. And Neil Young had the cred. So an alternative right. station playing Neil Young with Pearl Jam, we could get away with that because Neil Young was the godfather of grunge. Right. And, yeah. You know, the, the audience we were going for knew who he was and right. respected him. So No, I, th- I agree with that. And, or even that, or like a lot of, a lot of people commenting, uh, "I'm the ocean." Yeah, people it's too really... long, though. No, it for wouldn't sure, be a single. But I don't know. I just think I just think they missed the single, and I must be wrong because it was nominated for a Grammy. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was, and, and the album was too. But I guess a lot of songs get nominated for Grammys, right? And especially yeah. in the rock category, yeah. you know. So, but um, yeah, I you know, downtown to me, we'll get to it when we talk about it. But to me, in it, just to comment on that last comment. To me, it's the exact opposite. Like, I like the second half of the album more than the first half. Okay. Like, from downtown to the end, to me, I love it. Okay. Love it. And it's, to me, it that has uh, almost a concept going on. And we touched on it with Sleeps With Angels, where <clears throat> him and Crazy Horse were commenting on 90s culture and 90s yeah. youth and the and the... The kind of revolution that was happening then, with Clinton coming in after you know yeah. twelve years of Republican you know presidency, and I think that how do I put this? So while that was like looking at the '90s from the guy from the '60s point of view, here he's really comparing the '60s and the '90s. I think in a lot of these tunes, and yes. he's using Pearl Jam. As the comparison, which is interesting to me, because they're kind of—they're basically my flux capacitor. Yeah, exactly. They're—they're—they're <laughs> they're, they're basically what you know the grunge scene is at that time. They're the most popular band. You know, Kurt Cobain's dead. Yeah. You know, and Pearl Jam has had just released Vitology, which was like one of their biggest selling. What albums. was on Vitology? Like, what was the, either of you guys know? I don't know out their albums at all. Yeah, Not uh, For You was on yeah. there, and um, Better Man Better was Man, on okay, there. yeah. There's a bunch of stuff. Better Man might be my, one of my favorite programs. Yeah, that's songs. a great tune. Yeah. It's a great album, and it's an album that um, they really tried to make, kind of like Neil, they really tried to make it rough around the edges as opposed to something polished, and, and uh, they just wanted to get back to that real thing. And they were also freaking out at the time for lack of a better term, because they had gotten popular very quickly. They weren't around as a band very long before they put their first album out. Like yeah, Nirvana was, already had an album out. Yeah. You know, they'd like been Eddie around Vedder for a while. Eddie Vedder had like just sort of joined. I think. Yeah. And then they, yeah. they somehow, because of the mother love bone connection, they had yeah. gotten a, an album deal because those guys were still on the band. 
and then the Temple of the Dog thing happened, and yeah. that was pretty much them with Chris Cornell and Matt Cameron, and you know, so it just they became popular very quickly, and that was fucking with their heads. And this was Neil's way also of trying to accomplish what he couldn't accomplish with Kurt Cobain was getting to them mm-hmm. and saying, "Look, don't freak out. I've been through it all. Yeah, you know, right now you should just do whatever you want to do because you've got you've got the leverage. You know, you're selling millions of albums, and the record company needs that. They yeah. need you more than mm-hmm. you need them. Yeah. So, and then they did. You know what happened? They they recorded this. And then they put out No Code, which was vastly different from Vitology, and still, to me, one of their best albums ever. And that's the one where he has the song where it addresses why he was not present for a lot of the recording of Mirrorball, right? On Lucan? Oh, right, yeah. So, yeah, he wasn't present, yeah, because, yeah, apparently, you know, he had a stalker, and it was pretty bad, apparently. Really bad, I guess. But, yeah, Lucan Lucan touches on that. It wasn't me, if that's the connection people are making. I was not stalking Eddie Vedder in 1995. (laughs) How old were you in 1995? I don't want to. I don't want to say, but I was a woman in my twenties. Okay. Hmm. Well, that's who stalked him. Well, that's I was what made the joke click. In '95, I was four. Jeez, a four-year-old stalking a rock star. Yeah, well, nice, Russ. I hope you got help since. I was then. trying to tell him he was my dad. <laughs> so stupid. Um, I'm going to do a few more Facebook uh, posts about this. The Europeans seem to not like our European youngsters seem to not like this album as much. Really? Not as a whole, but um Lars Olason says not a timeless classic but great when you're in the mood. Act of Love is a killer. Are you just calling him a European no, because th- of his name I or did he say where th- he was th- from? Okay, a little bit of both. <laughs> uh, just cuz his name is Lars. Well, here's mean he's why from here's why I know it does by the way. Um here's one no, that it doesn't. I, did we, you ever see Lars and the Real Girl? Well, <laughs> that's that's a His good name point. was Lars. It's a great fucking movie by it the is, way. It is. It's awesome. Um Herwig de Jong, we've mentioned him a few times. He is from Europe. We know that. He's a bower. But he says, meh. But I enjoyed the live gig with PJ in Belgium a lot. Yeah. Um, they didn't tour the United States for this. They, yeah, that's weird. They did 11 dates in Europe, and that's because of scheduling conflicts and stuff like that. I think they only played, they played a club gig, I think, maybe around the time the album came out. And that was... That was just about it. They didn't really do, you know, they did the the benefits and stuff over here. And he didn't, it's weird, he didn't tour for uh, Sleeps With Angels either. So but he, he, did he took tour, a lot of time off the he road. He did tour with Pearl Jam before this, right? Like, didn't they open for him or after this or something? I don't think so. Really? They played a couple of benefits together. Maybe that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, they well, they played at the MTV Video Music Awards. Yeah, they did a couple of things like that's that. That's the most famous yeah. thing. And then they did... Um, there was the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame Ro- ceremony. I was going to say the Rock and Roll, roll And they Hall joined thing. Crazy Horse yep. on stage. Imagine that. Pearl and Jam Eddie Vedder was just Horse. kind of standing, standing know, like, over there. Uh, I'm useless. On something. <laughs> I got nothing to do. Um, another European youngster. <laughs> this oh, one I, I, Sandra Bjorkley Roningen. That doesn't mean she's European. It might be a he because it's European. Okay, sorry. Listen, <laughs> any of these people I'm mentioning, they... feel free to correct me if you're not European, but... I mean, let's be honest, you're definitely European. Um, But they say, I like the songs on the album, but I think the mixing and production makes the album sound a bit flat. It's a shame that Mr. Briggs didn't get a chance to work on this album with Pearl Jam or Crazy Horse as a backing band. At least he went out on a high note with Sleeps With Angels, although Sandre wrote Sleeps With Angles. I do want to point that out. Oh, that gives away her Europeanness. (laughs) That's how they spell angle or angel in Europe. 
Um, but then they write, uh, by the way, I, I Am the Ocean is easily in my top 10 all-time favorite Neil wow. songs. Check out this stellar Crazy Horse version from 97, What Might Have Been, and then they post a video. And I've n- I haven't, I didn't get a chance to click on it, but I didn't, I know Crazy Horse covers a lot of these songs, but I haven't heard them do any of these yet. This album kind of came out of Crazy Horse failing to do a good performance of Act of Love. Yeah, I think I heard that. And they tried to do it at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony, and apparently it just wasn't good, and they <laughs> cut it out of the actual special that Jeez. they aired on HBO. And then the next day, Pearl Jam asked um, them to play a pro-choice benefit that they were doing in Washington, D.C., and they went and they played it there, and again, it wasn't really good at all. But wow. while they were there... Neil kind of snuck away and rehearsed it with Pearl Jam at their rehearsal space. Oh, he snuck away? Yeah, without them knowing. <laughs> and so, like, Neil goes out there. Crazy Horse had no idea he was going to do this. And they played this. They already played the song. He played it with Crazy Horse. And then he goes back out and plays it with Pearl Jam. Yeah. And it's, like, way, way better. Well, this is, you know, a, a and lot. it's like, and even, even, uh, Billy Talbot was like, you know, um, I get in, in shaky, Jimmy McDonough was like, Billy Talbot was like, what do you think about, what'd you think of that song they played? And, and Jimmy McDonough was trying to be nice. He said, it's okay. And Billy Talbot said, it's not okay. It was great. Yeah. It oh, was okay. great. And they felt like, re- like they get the wind knocked out of yeah. them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and then that's well, when Neil. Hey, Poncho, <laughs> I'm uh, just going right. out for ice cream for a little bit. Don't, yeah. uh, don't. Don't call me or anything. Yeah, I'm just I'm st- I'm stepping out to look at some speaking model of, trains. Speaking of Neil and ice cream, we know someone who uh, was working at one of the venues that Neil played at, and uh, he told us that Neil hired an ice cream truck to come and like give ice cream sandwiches to all of the c- crew. And, that's awesome. Oh, yeah, that's awesome. That was Parker. Was it a, was it oh, like a nice? Yeah. yeah. Was it like a music box version of down by the river <laughs> playing on the <laughs> ice cream? <laughs> ding, 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 ding. You know, um, I'm but not just, if I can mention, yeah, cause yeah. they mentioned David Briggs and it's a shame that he couldn't produce this album. He wanted to. Mm-hmm. And Neil like just cut off him. Crazy horse. Mm. Let all of that go. And he went with, Pearl Jam's producer at the time, Brendan O'Brien. Who plays a lot on this album. He, that's his thing. Brendan O'Brien is one of those producers that will play. If you hire him, record, he yeah. will play on your album. I, I also wanted to say, too, that um, I, I can kind of see that for this record as far as the whole crazy horse not being able to cut it. Only because, and as much as I and we all love Crazy Horse, this is this is kind of great because these guys, are they're just tight. They're really tight. You the, can hear yeah. how tight they the, are. You can tell they play together. And, yeah, and absolutely. Especially the they're, drummer. Yeah, they're just young and they're Jack. Or they're whatever. yeah, Jack Irons is fucking awesome. And just all around, it's it's just really tight and really. And I don't necessarily agree with the whole production thing. I think the sonically, I think this album sounds great. I don't agree with the production being bad either. I yeah. love the production. I, of this I album. like the production in this album. It, so, it, it is it is kind of, and I wouldn't use the term flat. I'd. I'd like to call it earthy, yeah. And that's only because it was recorded live, yeah. like Neil likes to do, right? You know, and then you had Brendan O'Brien doing it, and not David Briggs. So there's a slightly different process going on there. He's using his own engineers. You know, they're at Bad Animal Studio, so they're at a completely new studio. Right, yeah. Well, not for Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam knew that studio. Yeah. Neil, 
I'm sure wasn't too familiar with that particular studio. There's no a, birds in this studio at all. There's no, yeah, there's bit, just pictures of heart <laughs> all over the walls. Can we change the name to Bird Animal? <laughs> so, you know, he was like, but it was, and it was a Rush job. No, we can't change the name of the We're studio. We're not talking man. about Rush, Mike. Come on, just a little no. bit. Farewell to Kings. Um, <laughs> yeah, so it was like, they only had, they had one two-day session, then they had to wait like a week, and they had another two-day session, and he only had two songs. Neil only had two songs to bring to these sessions. Yeah, so yeah. he was like writing. He wrote a lot of, yeah, like yeah. within a short period of time. Yeah, Stone Gossard was like, Neil would be like, okay, I got something. You know, after about 20 minutes of sitting by himself and writing stuff down, he said they'd run through it once or twice and then they'd record it. Right. Yeah. yeah. So it's very Neil yeah. process, but with a different producer. Yeah. Right. Different producer and different band. Like yeah. he's used to the horse who are, obviously we all love the horse, but like. Part of their charm is how sloppy they are. You know right. what I mean? And this yeah, is and that's like what I'm saying. This one's real tight. It's real tight. And, so, and some of these songs, maybe there's a few that I could hear being with the horse. Even downtown, I feel like would downtown be, is a horse is, song. Is a me. horse song, but the rest of them, they all seem like they they should be in that sort of more, you know, just yeah, um, compressed, tight sort of. Mm-hmm. Well, Neil, Neil, kind of going along with that, what that person said, or a lot of people actually, you've been saying and we've been saying, it's kind of like this, this kind of like turbulence of sound mm. going on. Even Neil said, um, you know, this was one of his audio verite moments. He said it was a snapshot of that particular time those yeah. guys were together. And he said sometimes I didn't know who was playing. Uh, I was just conscious of this big smoldering mass of sound. Yeah. yeah, which I thought mm-hmm. to be so lost. Mm-hmm. in the music like that yeah and just and so at that point you don't know who's playing what you can't kind of figure you're just in it right you're so in it and you just keep playing like i would to me that that sounds like um you know like an olympic diver so they lift off the platform and they're doing twirls and stuff like i'm thinking how do they keep track of where they are right and to me that's like what that is like he's like i mm. couldn't even i didn't even know who was playing but i just played right so they they had a real and you can tell they had this serious groove going yeah, on most of the time. I mean even that's why I think spoiler alert my and a lot of people on Facebook are saying I'm the ocean is their favorite and it's for me too. I just that has that vibe to me where it's yeah. like they you didn't want it to end. They just wanted to keep right. playing sure. it and also, I think the lyrics are awesome in that song too. Yeah, um, I'm not gonna read all, everything. There's too many comments on this thread right now. But I'll, speaking of Eye on the Ocean, Jeremy Chabot, a friend of ours, Russ, uh, in a great local band, Alex Lopez Band, and Sean Daly and the Hooligans. Yeah. But uh, he said I could jam on I Am the Ocean for hours. Yeah, he says Act of Love and Throw Your Hatred Down are standouts. But the only other one I want to read is by Ray Yerkowitz. Oh, and- European. <laughs> no, I'm not. I'm. I think he's a, a Weird Al relative. I believe. Oh. <laughs> Weird, um, <laughs> weird Ray Yerkowitz. Can you, yeah, yeah, I love his work. I love his fits. work. <laughs> All right, so Weird Ray says. Except he does Weird Al takes on jazz. <laughs> he parodies Weird Al songs, <laughs> the originals. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he does polka versions of original Weird Al songs. Yeah. <laughs> weird Ray Yerkowitz is my new favorite thing we've ever come up with. All right, so he says. <laughs> Um, I think this album is Neil in top form in two ways. One, his psychedelic imagery songwriting characteristic of the 90s mostly disappears after Broken Arrow, a little elsewhere. And he says, two, and this is the thing that I, I agree with, his guitar tone and attack are massive. Like Eldorado, but sans 80s production. Sounds more organic. 
Example, scenery. The end of melodic guitar phrases where a note rings out and devolves into feedback as the Bigsby bends downward. Just fucking haunting. So, yeah, but I don't wow. necessarily agree with the first part of that. Because, I mean, there are other things. I know he said, I know he did put in parentheses that, that there were others, but I yeah. think Neil's... I don't think he like dis. I don't think it disappeared. I I, I wanted to read this more for the guitar tone. I think that's yeah, such yeah. a huge theme on this record. Yeah. Is it's very consistent. It's very massive and swampy mm-hmm. and just really really. Yeah, this good. is this era is my favorite neo guitar Tones, sound. Yeah. yeah, yeah, starting with El Dorado. Yeah, and actually Freedom. You know, and yeah. then you know El yeah. Dorado, and and then. Just but this the, even, this feels different than either of those to me for some reason. Well, it's, just, it's constantly evolving. I mean, if you listen to his leads on Zuma. Yeah, he's just starting to get into that mm-hmm. giant canyon echoing yeah. sound. He also said, you know? doesn't he say something? And I'm going to butcher this quote, but to when he's talking about the like after listening back to this, how he doesn't even know who's playing what. It's just a, a mess of sound. That's what I literally. Yeah, so what I oh, okay. Yeah, right. Thanks for listening. Good yeah. job paying attention. Great. Sorry, I was trying to think of whatever. weird Ray Yerkowitz. Whatever. Song. Thanks for the uh, mini eggs. <laughs> I want to read a really... Sorry for the whole fucking song I wrote you, Mike. Yeah, whatever. I want to read a really important uh, Instagram. We're at Long May You Young on Instagram. Ethan Garrett 3 says, You guys are great, and I look forward to the midweek for each new episode. By the way, since you all love squirt so much, see if you can locate any of the Mexican squirt in glass bottles with, oh, with real sugar yeah. instead of the corn syrup. It's next level. That's a whole thing. I would whole love thing. that. Like, everyone's always looking for the Mexican Coke. Well, the Jaritos is always really good. Yeah, you know, yeah. Oh, Mexican you, squirt. You've had those Jaritos, right? If no. You, if you go Jaritos to, like, a, yeah, like a real Mexican taco place, they usually have a little fridge with, they have, like, you know, fucking lemon or um, guava, all these little sodas, Mexican sodas that are really good. I was going to try to come up with a squirt-based drink for this podcast called the Squirt X. And it was just going to be squirt, squirt X. and X-lax. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I couldn't find any x Oh, my diarrhea smells like grapefruit. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why, Neil? Um, oh, shit. We have some more five-star reviews. Oh, no, man. we don't. We do. Neil Junkie. Or J-S-E-E-W. Five-star review says, Good to see someone else has the Neil obsession. I'm just now finding out about this and have only made my way through the first five or six episodes, but it's great so far. Roads stretch out like healthy veins. Wild gift horses strain the reins. Cheers. Um, Wow. (laughs) Okay, and then Dreamin' Man. Thank you. Says great podcast. Oh, he named himself Dreaming yeah. Man. He oh says, god, great podcast. You should have more young girls in there that I can look at with binoculars. <laughs> no, he says great pod to listen to while you're parked in your Aerostar, <laughs> scoping out a place. <laughs> Another Aerostar reference on this album. Yeah, by the way. yeah, that's great. Uh, he says loving the cast. Been listening ep by ep. Big Neil fan, but had never fully dove into '80s Neil until your show took me there. Thank you. It was just something I needed to do. Those were some lean years, and I don't understand a lot of Neil's choices back then, but hey, I'm a dreaming man. I don't have to understand. I know it's all right. (laughs) I did enjoy learning about the backstory of Transformer Man, however. The unplugged version of that song has since shot up the Neil charts of my mind. Looking forward to more eps, especially regarding the album Broken Arrow, an old fave of mine. The the song Loose Change Mm. on Broken Arrow is one of his best ever, in my opinion. Good show. Keep up the good work. Dreaming man. (laughs) <laughs> Dreaming man. If you leave us a five-star review on iTunes, we will read it on this 
ridiculous podcast that we do. I have some uh, comments on Reddit from the John Craigie interview. Oh, nice. Uh, that we did. And he that was great. The whole uh, Neil versus Bob thing you know, came up. And uh, You know some... what was great about that episode? Just it's kind of nice not having Russ there, you know? Mm. Yeah. Uh, you know, I didn't want to say anything. But <laughs> I didn't want it did go pretty smooth, but I didn't want to bring <laughs> that up. I was just like, okay, hey, thanks, everybody. Great job. But, you know. <laughs> Maybe, you know. It's not our fault he had another surgery. I know. He put, no, he I was, put all those inches back on. No, I was trying to find that clip from the Naked Quest. <laughs> still. He's still trying to find that clip. I can't make the podcast. I'm still trying to find that clip. Um, this is from Troy McClure. <laughs> this is his name on Reddit. Oh, perfect. So true that Neil kicks Bob Bob's ass on the harmonica. That was brought up in the interview, and John... I think we all agreed that Neil was a better harmonica player, By or far. at least used the harmonica in a more yeah, interesting tuneful way, way than, than Bob did. But he said, so true that Neil kicks Bob's ass on harmonica was always a little mystifying that Bob said that Heart of Gold sounded like him. Sorry, Bob, but you have never produced anything so pretty on the old harmonica. Agree. 100% agree. Yeah. And then there was... Here, hold on a second. I think I got another one here. The whole Bob versus Neil thing, and I'm sure this will come up Also, that's more. super fucking pretentious to say that. <laughs> Did what? he say that? Well, he said like some variation of that, right? No, like, he said he said he's basically ripping it me off. Like and, me. Yeah, it sounds like me. Yeah, sounds like me or something. I know, right? And I well, was like, I don't. Hey, guess you, what? You sound like Woody Guthrie. So. Right? Exactly. Right? <laughs> okay. You literally buddy. based your whole voice yeah. on Woody Guthrie. Yeah. So yeah. listen up, Zimmerman. <laughs> no, but the whole the the Bob versus Neil thing, and again, it'll come up, I'm sure, time and time again. But if you Google that, almost every reviewer picks Bob. And it, I just don't get, I, I get like. It's just the cultural impact. Is, and I'm not yeah, going to take even, that away. Even and Neil I'm, would probably admit right. that. Yeah, that, Neil you would know, probably say Bob Dylan I, impacted him as absolutely. a musician and songwriter. I, yeah. I love Bob Dylan. Like, really love Bob Dylan. Great songwriter. Like, incredible songwriter. Unmatched in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, but I just don't early know. Early Bob is. But that's what I'm saying. Like, I just he's got some. He's had some. And we talked about this with John Craigie. He's, yeah, some, he's had but, some gems in the past. 20 years like love and theft is an album i, I put know. up christian th- bob is just uh, i've never listened to love and theft love and theft is amazing christian bob just doesn't do it for me there's some good christian bobs you know like you gotta serve somebody <laughs> that's pretty good serve somebody's all right Groom's still fine. waiting at the altar serve somebody's that's not good. as good as everyone makes it makes it out to be i love that tune man yeah it just it's fine it says somebody <laughs> yeah you're right you sold it's so, me it's so true <laughs> that did it that did it right there no luke that was good. weird listen to me, listen to me do it yeah, listen, isn't that good? <laughs> That's Mike trying to convince me. <laughs> Let me convince us. you. Let me do an imitation of Bob, and you'll be like, oh, yeah, you're right. I don't know. I got I got into a little, not a not a real argument, but like a fun argument with Mike, with Dennis yeah. about this after that episode, because he's a huge Dylan fan. But he's, and he got me to love Dylan more than ever, because he knows a lot of obscure Dylan stuff, and like, I don't know. I just think... Uh, I just think when when it comes to longevity, when it comes to songwriting, like he tried to say, oh, Neil just like, he just rhymes. Stuff. Well, the biggest thing is, uh, like, no, that's not true. And that's what I'm like. That's what Dylan does. That's what I said. Yeah. And I'm like, literally, isn't it, what's the line from Subterranean? Yeah, the one everyone like, brings up, the chew bubble chew gum. gum. Yeah. Shut up, Bob. Yeah. But I mean, the biggest thing Neil has over Bob, in <laughs> my opinion, is again? that, you know, Neil Young actually sounds good when he plays live. 
And Bob Dylan is the yep. worst live yep. performance yep. artist probably of all time. Well, these days. Yeah. 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 You see well, now, I, it's, it's tough. Maybe, yeah, he was probably good in the <clears throat> 50s and 60s. A little bit in the 70s, maybe. 50s but and 60s. Jesus. <laughs> a little bit in the 70s. Uh, so, really? I mean, I, I never think... saw him, but I don't, I've never seen any know. good. Take a listen, per- to, like, take a listen to uh, Before the Flood. But don't you think Dylan got scarred a bit? Because when Neil went electric, Neil was always electric. He was always both. But when Dylan went electric, he got booed for years, like it yeah. like aggressively yeah, but booed. Neil, but because but of I, Dylan going electric, you wouldn't have Neil today. Ag- totally. And yeah. some you of also Dylan's wouldn't have electric the band. songs are great. Right. So, That's yeah. what I'm saying. But don't yeah. you think that probably scars someone a little bit mentally who's like at the height of popularity and then to be constantly yeah. getting booed for just trying to be a yeah. little bit? Yeah. No, no, no. I'm not. Yeah. I just think. What's that? What's that film called about that English tour where you saw a lot of that? That was uh, "Don't Look Back." Was that what it was called? Oh, yeah, yeah, something yeah. like that. Yeah. You watch that film, and you know there's death threats because yeah. he went electric. <laughs> it's so you crazy. know, I'm going to shoot you on stage, which is hilarious like because that. aren't all those people supposed to be like folky, loving? Yeah, you know. Yeah, <laughs> like, but not when you, you know, not when you play an electric guitar. That's like <laughs> yeah. So it is so ridiculous. It is, it's really amazing. Like, you know? remember when? And again, Love Dawes probably my, one of my top five favorite bands of all time. They put out an album I didn't like as much. The style was different. You know what I did? I just didn't listen to it as much. Yeah, just sit. Yeah, yeah, you can just you do didn't, that. You didn't send a death threat. Nope. No, yeah. <laughs> nope. You didn't burn all the records. No, just I didn't, didn't listen to that one You didn't pull a Pete Seeger yeah. and try yeah. to take a hatchet to the friggin' snake to the soundboard. <laughs> you know? Yeah. At the Newport Folk Festival. Jeez. Was that Pete Seeger that did yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, I didn't That's know. That's right, yeah. Yeah, Pete Seeger just lost his mind. Jesus. You know, and that talk about a peace loving individual. Right? Yeah, he's Pete like Seeger, the, man. It's Pete's fucking. But even Seeger. him, yeah. you know, even he lost it. Oh, wow. Yeah. But you know, that's it's it was groundbreaking at the time. So thanks for uh, thanks for listening to are are you rolling, Bob? Which uh, side on are the Pantheon you on? Podcast yeah. Network. <laughs> the Bob Dylan podcast. Which side are you on? We should do Folk a little Wars something with them, the... like a little uh, versus. Oh, that episode. would be great. Yeah, be cool. That's a great idea. I have a feeling though they're very serious. Good, even better. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Mm. Just would be ruin good. it. Yeah, we'll just go with just... a Neil Diamond. Shit. Hey, speaking of uh, blood on the tracks, semen. <laughs> blood on the tracks is one of the best albums. That is a great. Album. I'll just yeah. any argument they have, my response will just I'll just read the lyrics to "Man gave name to all the animals." <laughs> 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 oh yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway. All right. Yeah. What, what then, were we talking about? I mean, they could throw a lot of. You stuff You were talking at about us. the Craigie interview, I think. Oh, that's right. That was a, so. Thank you for your. <laughs> we're on the Neil Young subreddit. Check it out. There's a lot of great stuff on the Neil Young subreddit. People post a lot of great videos they find and bootleg stuff. Yeah, you just po- you just shared with us the Nora Jones. Oh, yes, yeah. yeah, that came from Reddit too. That's Nora, great. Nora Jones doing Barstool Blues. Yeah, so good. Awesome. Oh, it was excellent. She's like really underrated. I love Nora Jones. Well, I don't know if she's underrated. She did that's have like true. a multi platinum. A couple Good of multi platinum, but albums. I mean, like, like I think everyone just thinks of her as like kind of a Lilith Fair, like right, poppy. like kind of a. But she, yeah. she she covers Wilco, she covers Neil, like oh yeah, she's like she's and yeah, she's musically adventurous. <laughs> yeah, she's musically adventurous. And we, yeah. I told you, Luke, that when we saw Neil one of those times, that's right. Her other band, Puss in Boots, was opening. Mm. That's right. Yeah. yeah. So I forgot she, about that. Is that her with some of the Wilco guys? No, it's her and two other ladies. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's got know. another band with a She's got a few bands. Yeah, yeah. there is one something like, has like something Willie's Wilco in it and yeah, the, something like that. The something Willie's and there's a, yeah. It's Willie Nelson. She's Willie <laughs> Nelson. Yeah. It's Willie Nelson and Weird Ray Yurkovitz. <laughs> <laughs>
Uh, so Sorry, I told, Ray. No, Thank you for contacting us and listening. I, I told Luke he needs to watch the Pearl Jam Unplugged, but he didn't get a chance. But I wanted to just talk about that a little bit, too, just because you know, we got to talk about Pearl Jam. What does Pearl and Jam just, have to do with this episode at all? But... Um, <laughs> That that you had brought it up that whole how that last song that they do is porch. it porch yeah. yeah oh yeah and uh, MTV's finest moment oh, it's may so just be that good, one dude. song you gotta from just that watch one I'll watch it. at I'll least watch, watch it. Porch. but let me tell you how Russ pitched this to me he goes hey, did you watch something did he try to sing it like I did no but he goes he was all kind of like he goes, <laughs> did you watch the uh, Pearl Jam unplugged I'm like no I didn't get a chance he's like Eddie Vedder he is so good looking he that is, was his man. whole pitch really I said that later that wasn't in no it was his whole thing that he said. But no, I love when he gets up on the stool and he starts writing pro-choice on his arm oh, and yeah. everything. It's yeah. great. And just, Jeff Jeff gets up on the kick drum. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they really make it a show. I don't want to talk about abortion on this episode. This album has nothing to do with that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> can we can we just get into the album a little bit? Song X. Should we get into it or do you, what, what do you I think I mean there's more there's definitely more to say. I mean yeah, I mean there is. Um, we can we can go song by song. No, at this I mean point, if Neil. You want. I feel know, like we're going to talk this, about the album as we talk about this, the songs. This I don't all, want to call them boo. This all came about because of that performance, you know, at uh, at the uh, pro choice benefit and stuff, and and um, you know Neil was really excited. He considered it a challenge, especially because they only had a few days to actually accomplish something. So he was like, this was one of his things of you know shaking off the rust. Mm. You know, I'm going to dump Crazy Horse. I'm going to dump Briggs. I'm going to go and work in this completely new atmosphere with this band who I love. He actually said something really amazing about Pearl Jam. Let me find that. He said, um, so in Shaky, Jimmy McDonough called Pearl Jam, oh, they're just Jethro Tull without the flute, <laughs> which is one of the most ignorant things I've ever heard anyone say. Because so he's obviously, if he says that, he's obviously never listened to either band. Does, right, does Pearl yeah. Jam at any time remind you guys never. of Jethro Tull? No, I don't know no. where that comes from. Seriously? That's the weirdest. It is. This album brought out weird reviews, though. Did you see the one that Blender gave? No. They said, uh, two out of five stars, it could have been better. The fault is less with Pearl Jam, who thrash so awkwardly they make Crazy Horse sound like Steely Dan. Yeah, that's, with a Young's weird, that's a weird one. You just said the song. opposite about that. Yeah, I, 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 I 100% feel the opposite. Yeah, I feel I like they're understand. so much tighter than Crazy Horse. Oh, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Just like, people just went we- were weird about this. I don't know. Yeah, if you I mean, listen to On the Ocean, and you, there's no way you think that's fucking nuts. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, Neil, whatever. after what Jimmy McDonough said, Neil said, I'll tell you what. And I love it when dudes start off with something like, oh, I right, tell you yeah. what, because you know it's going <laughs> to be. Tell you what. I'll tell you what. Tell you what. If all I had was Pearl Jam and I didn't have another band in the world, I would not be worried because in there is the essence of making great music. Good Lord. That's so cool. Wow. I mean, you, what if Neil said that about town meeting? Don't, right? don't you know, do or, or, or like Bob or some, you know, it's just like, that's such an amazing compliment. Yeah, it is. You oh know? man. Yeah. That's, they are awesome. a great fucking band. Though. Yeah, they really they are. are. They are. You know, they've, and they've, after this experience to me, they became even better because they were able to relax. Like Stone Gossard said, all of a sudden we came this, we became this really serious band and mm-hmm. we needed something where we were kind of in the background and something to shake us up a little bit. And mm-hmm. he said this experience helped them loosen up. You know, they were so worried about what people were saying about them. And Neil probably just said, 
fuck that. Yeah. Right. You know? He just totally, I, you know, he's I, the embodiment I made everybody's rocking. I don't give a yeah. fuck. He's the embodiment you know? of that energy. <laughs> right? Yeah. So if you're, if you're a band who's, like Neil has said, if you're at the fucking peak, you know, if you're at your prime and yep. everyone wants you and it's, you know, free tickets to the Pearl Jam concert site, you know, like whatever. <laughs> waiting for you to do that. <laughs> no one's going to get that reference. No, no one's going to get a house guest reference. <laughs> Sinbad. It's a classic. <laughs> so we explain it. <laughs> but, but anyway, my point is if you're that, t- if you're what they were at that time and you're freaking out, who better to be like, Fucking relax. Yeah. You know? And especially someone who's Do been what you want to do. Right. And and, I, and have fun and fucking yeah, make what you want to make. You know, of course. He, Neil yeah. is the embodiment of that well, energy. Yeah. You know I think what I the mean? most fascinating thing about this is because of how successful Pearl, successful Pearl Jam already was, they could have been like, fuck this old guy. Right. But yeah. they had that attitude like, uh, like. I think everyone just respected well, so him so I, much. I wrote down this, or I printed out this quote that Vetter said everything he taught us at the time resonated and came at a time when we needed to be taught yeah we needed a north yeah. star and a bit of a compass and he provided both yeah. and then he also in that same interview Vetter talks about a time when Neil took him aside they went for a walk and like sat oh, yeah, on a I, bench I, I read that and yeah. he's you mean like, like in goodwill hunting yeah pretty and, much I'm in Eddie it's not your fault I am totally in Eddie <laughs> I'm in all the way he told him that his he told and he told him a story about how Peggy farted. Right. Yeah. And farted. she, and she woke, said it in a really bad woke, Boston yeah. accent. Peggy farted and she, she farted. woke up. She woke up Poncho. <laughs> so many stupid Boston oh. reference. But no. But he took him took him. But he basically said like, I gotta see a guy about a girl. <laughs> I got to see a Briggs about a David. I got to see a better man about a girl. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. No, go I, ahead. Sorry. If it wasn't if it wasn't you, I was going to just do the same thing. But uh, no, he said he basically said to Eddie like you're going to get approached about like leaving these guys and going solo. Yeah. He's like don't do it. The sum is greater than the parts and like it's always better to be in a band. And it's I I love that advice cuz I like I've done solo stuff. Russ is doing a solo album. But it just feels better as a band. You just it just it just is a better experience. And the feeling is is really what's more important, right? Totally, I mean, yeah. it's the chemistry. And as far and... as your own art as as an individual, you kind of just trust the universe as to when those things are going to unfold. But it's but like I I prefer to be in a band. Oh yeah, and play in a band. But like I'm glad Eddie took that advice because then once he did that shit for like Into the Wild. That was a time. Exactly. And that was right. fucking some of the well, best music he's ever made. But I, yeah. I thought it was yeah. so odd but, because it's coming from Neil, who literally has such a history of leaving yeah, but bands. Yeah, but then he went and he created his own band, you know, like Crazy Horse. For an album, right. and then he went to another well, band. I'm, I, yeah, I'm, but... He probably, you know, I don't think he was just specifically no, talking about Pearl Jam. No, totally. It's just you know, it's just ironic coming from yeah, right, a guy from who, Neil, yeah. who had actually just dumped Crazy Horse to go record with Pearl Jam. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah, like yeah, while right. he's saying this to Eddie, yeah. Crazy Horse is probably still like, where did Neil go? Yeah, aren't we supposed to meet Neil today? Yeah. Poncho, Poncho, like, I don't know. Let's get an eight ball and a hooker. Poncho's up on the hill. He's got a fucking... Neil's got a dot on his head. He's got it's, <laughs> Poncho's looking through a scope. Yeah, Poncho. That Showtime show, The Affair, was actually about Neil and Crazy Horse. Oh, my God. Well, Stone Gossard said he made it all right to be... He made it all right for us to be who we are. Mm-hmm. He's not taking his career so seriously that he, de- that he can't take chances. 
And so that's what he showed them. And, it, and the proof was in the, the following Pearl Jam releases. Yeah. Like I said, No Code was quite a departure in mm. many ways. And, you know, as was binaural. And, you know, they were more willing to experiment after that. And they realized that they had enough of a base that gave them enough freedom to do whatever they wanted. Just like Neil after Harvest. He's, he had that base, so I'm just going to do whatever the hell I want. Yeah, you know, yeah. And, and this well, is going to allow me that. Neil didn't play the bass; he played uh, Thank guitar. Thank you, Luke. Thanks. So just Thanks. wanted to point that out. Just get back to your friggin' Ray Yurkovitz. <laughs> but you know, concept. Neil just had Neil just had a a, a real <laughs> Neil had a real love for these guys. You know, he he really did. And I wanted to read the quote about Jack Irons, who I know was kind of in and out. Or well, no, he. he yeah, he was in for a few albums, but then yeah. he left because he had some health problems. And he wasn't there in the start either. No, no. But Neil, he was playing on this record. Yeah. And Neil had said that um, he called him unbelievable. Yeah. And he said that he played his ass off. on He's unbelievable. He played his ass Jesus. off on Stop. every take at every session and added, uh, I can't say enough good things about him. That was Neil on Jack Irons, which yeah. I agree. So I think cool. he fucking... Yeah. But he was... He, he also, I think... Uh, he was just amazed at that how they were playing these long takes yeah. and Jack just kept at it, you yeah. know, like wasn't, was it, never seemed to be tired. was just fucking playing his fucking balls off. You was know? it Jack or Mike who was talking about how, when they went on that European tour, he's like, it was like the best thing. He's like, yeah, I think a lot of them said that. Yeah, I mean, like, Jack Roberts, Irons was like, his hands were like bleeding yeah. and shit. He's like, we and, just got to go to all these places in Europe and just play yeah. Neil Young songs with Neil Young. Oh, yeah, that Young. was yeah, Mike yeah. McCready. He was like, we went to like <laughs> so Jerusalem or wherever. Cool. You know, he was like, yeah. Yeah, just playing. Yeah. Like, fucking, it's just like, hey, Russ. Uh, playing like Cinnamon Good Girl news, or something. Like, you know? right. Good yeah. news, we saw your cover of uh, Down by the River. So town meeting, we're going to book you to go to Europe. Oh, great. To play Neil Young songs. Oh, fucking awesome. Yeah. With, with Neil, Neil Young. Yeah. Oh. Right. Excuse me. Yeah. I just shit my pants. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah, I also play, threw up. To play up. Neil Young songs. Oh, great. With Weird Ray Yerkowitz. Oh, my God. <laughs> I couldn't handle that. I couldn't handle it. I hope he doesn't get really mad at this. Oh. <laughs> anyway. Um, you know, Jack Irons was the a founding member of the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. I did see that. Yeah. 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 He's... <laughs> sorry. I know did you're I not a that? fan. They were awesome, though, man. Back when he was with that version of the band with Hillel Slovak. They were fucking excellent. Back when they only wrote two songs about California per no, album. Come on now. <laughs> I love those guys. I like some. I'm, I like most of their stuff. Yeah, I, I mean, like all their songs that sound exactly like Tom Petty songs. They're great. Whatever. But <laughs> All right. Before we get into the, into the actual album, I just want to read this, this quote from Neil talking about this record. Um, he said that uh, during the 60s, the bands and the audiences were together, a living connection. They believed in each other and the future, and they shared a dream, and that connection is back. He's talking about the 90s here. Um, though you don't get that sense of optimism anymore. Uh, the kids think our generation let them down, and we did. We've made such a mess of the way kids grow up that they really need this music today. He told that to a writer, Robert Hilburn. And we kind of touched on that on Sleeps with Angels, mm. you know, like with the song Drive By. yeah. You know, and it became such a regular thing, at least in the 90s it did, that after a while the news media was kind of like, it's another drive-by, and that's, you know, uh, that's just one of the things. So that's, to me, that's, that's fascinating cool. that he he makes that connection here, and he does it with a band from the 90s, mm-hmm. which, is, which is awesome. He also said, um, oh, and I think this is a theme, Russ, on this record. 
there's idealism and reality. Bless Bless. you. Thank you. Um, And the two have got to come together, yet there are always major problems when they do. Mm. And so you can talk about the hippie dream, you know, the dream of the 60s, but then reality kicked in. CSN. Right, drink. You can't keep it away from landing on water, can you, Mike? And then there was, you know, and then in the 90s, there was this, like I said, this resurgence of you know, progress with everything going on, with sure. Clinton getting in the office, things loosening up, becoming more progressive. But then reality kicked in. And it's so that, like, again, that price mm-hmm. that you pay for everything. So to me, that's like a theme that goes through this, yeah, this record. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. You, want to, you want to get I'm into excited it? to talk about the lyrics of a lot of these oh, songs. Yeah. There's a lot of lyrical stuff. Let's, uh, let's just hop into it then. Yeah, I, let's get into which it. Which is cool, too, that he wrote a lot of these, you know, while they were doing it. I also love the little, like, things he puts before songs sometimes. Yeah, there's, like, talking and stuff. Yeah. X, not I just a great song, but also an excellent sealant for your car. <laughs> don't make me play the landing on water drop for you to oh, no. little song X commercial. Try song X. <laughs> yeah. I fucking love this song. I don't know about you boys, but starting out with a pirate Neil. Yes. Yeah, right. Oh my, oh, my the, oh my god. Oh right? my god. Pirate Neil. Pirate Neil. He's the we captain. We got, got a new know? Neil. You know, he's got a young crew with him. Yeah, it's fucking know? pirate Neil. Right. This is my titty parrot. That's. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Got a titty parrot. <laughs> Pirate Neil. Holy shit. Well, this is one of the songs he had already written mm-hmm. before. He only had two songs, this one and Act of Love, yeah. before he went to the session. So this was ready to go. And um, it's an abortion tune. Luke, we got to talk about abortion no, here. T- t- I mean, obviously, I was kidding earlier. But like, oh, okay. But So this and Act of Love, mm-hmm. obviously, they're about abortion, but... If I just listened to them, I would never have any idea of that, except the fact that he talks about it in several interviews. And the didn't they debut this at a anti-abortion, not anti-abortion, Jesus. Pro-choice. A pro-choice rally, right? right? Yeah. Well, no, actually, they, they did Act of Love at the pro-choice rally. That's right. Yeah. But even that song, hold on, I got a little thing about it. <clears throat> I got a little thing about it here. <laughs> you wouldn't have gotten that with the imagery? No. Even after like listening to it, maybe like maybe, twenty times, maybe or something. a little bit. But I would have just assumed you know, this Romeo song was about and... Crosby, Stills, and Nash. Oh, drink. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody. He uh, in the Mojo interview, he says, "There's no bias, so you have to make up your own mind." Finally, Young explained. Um, See, personally, I'm pro-choice, but the song isn't. This is talking about Act of Love, right? Um, and I know we're on Song X, but they're, pre- no, no, they're no, pretty married. It, it, yeah. yeah, it can be applied um, to both tunes. He said, but the song isn't. This isn't an easy subject to confront head on. People who say that human beings shouldn't have the right to dismiss a human life, they they have a point. You can't dismiss that point. But then there's the reality. There's Going back to your quote that you said, there's idealism and reality. The two mm-hmm. have got to come together, yet there are always major problems when they do. Right. And it's such a smart way to put that, especially right. at the time when it was such a hot topic. Because right. it's an issue where it's not black and white. Mm-hmm. There is a lot of gray area because yeah. everyone has a different situation. Mm-hmm. 
that they're in. You know, how did you become pregnant? You know, are you going to be able to support this child? Right. Well, you know, and, and, and then there's just the over the the huge problem of patriarchy and and how right. the issue of women and them not really being viewed the same as men and right. that that still not being fully figured out even today you know what i mean just how right. men white men in particular have always just kind of run things and so women have just always been lesser than and so there doesn't matter they they choice doesn't doesn't matter you know they don't mm. matter sort of yeah cuz the guys who are making the decisions yeah. about the law right they aren't going to be pregnant. They don't exactly. They don't. They've <laughs> they'll never, never had that pregnant. experience. Right. They'll, yeah. ne- they'll never have. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. so there's no of, there's no perspective. Right. And right. so you're right that 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 idealism and that reality thing. It's yeah. It's definitely a, a, a theme for sure. I think that's why I appreciate that explanation of this song so much because where he says I'm pro-choice, mm-hmm. but this song isn't. Not saying the song is anti-choice. Is that the song is? It's 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 both. It's neither. It's Mm-hmm. Well, it's it, just, it explains that this is not an easy topic, right? Right. You know, ending a human life right. in any form is is a really excruciatingly painful decision. Absolutely. Whether it's an abortion or someone who's sick, you On know, wants, wants to end their and, yeah. life, you know, that's that is not an easy decision. I'm glad, you know, he's one of the few people who brought that up because it's it's it was always either you're for it or you're against it, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and Pearl Jam was definitely. They're for pro-choice. They defended it. You know, you were talking about the end yeah. of Unplugged, and he's writing pro-choice on his mm-hmm. arm, and there's no getting around. But Neil's like, yeah, I'm pro-choice, but think about it. Right. Think about what, what's happening here, and yeah. then the myriad of circumstances. Well, it's like that, I mean, not to bring up a taboo person, but it's like that old that Louis C.K. joke. He starts the, the his last special with it, talking about abortion. And he's saying, like, yeah, like, it's, you know, sometimes enraging to see these protesters outside of abortion clinics, but these people believe that babies are being murdered. <laughs> and if you believed people were murdering babies, wouldn't you yeah, also wouldn't protest? You, right? Yeah. But it's just like, a, it, it's just, I think like the bottom line for me is I, I don't, I'm not a woman. And not that oh, that, a, oh, in case you guys, shit. I don't know if this oh, is like a weird thing. For this you is to find a huge out. revelation. This is a big revelation. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm a man. Yeah, you you are, big, big oh. old titties, though. Yeah, damn right. You I do. do. You're definitely. I mean, you guys want to touch them? Go ahead. At least an A cup. Well, my left is an A and a half. Is right, that how they work? Yeah, they're always A and a half. They're always different sizes. <laughs> yeah. See, yeah. this is exactly <laughs> my point. Just three dudes yeah. talking about these things. Yeah, Neil. Why don't you want to come <laughs> and on? Of this course, show? it turns to jokes about tits, man tits. <laughs> you you contributed. I know you, I did before you realized. I'm not. I'm not saying that, that I'm excluded. That also goes to my point. Is like I. I feel like I shouldn't have a say. Does that make sense? Like, no, it makes sense. Yeah, I, I always, I, I always I thought agree. that too. Yeah, it's, but uh, unfortunately, that's the way and our fucking shit is but, run but, still. But ser- then think about it this way. That's why we so, need to make AOC president. I don't want. I don't want this to be a podcast about this issue. But sure. Th- but it's here. So uh, think about this though. Yes, you don't have a say in what you should do with a woman's body because you're a man. But you helped in that situation. Is that not correct? I, th- I like, think. Like say the sure. person who like. You know, I got someone pregnant. Well, you know, it takes two people to do that. Totally. So there's two people involved. And so what if the and he, he kind of touches on that in um, an act of love too, where it's like, I got you pregnant, but I don't think you should get an abortion. I think I know? think it's more like I, I mm-hmm. have I can have an opinion, but I shouldn't have a say over a woman's. It's so. Remember when Trump was trying to ban transgender people from the military? Yeah. I remember talking to my boss about this. Where. 
he's like, well, what do you think about that? He's like, it doesn't matter. I didn't volunteer to serve in the army. And if a transgender person did, then they're already better than me. Does, does that make sense? Like they're already right, they're like, willing to put their life on the line. Right. So the fact right. that someone wants to say, no, you can't is insane to me. Right. And I, so that's I kind of the same issue with me. I don't, not that I don't, I mean, obviously like, I've dealt with miscarriages in my marriage. You know what I mean? So it's like I understand some of that, but not even close to the extent that my wife has. Right, yeah. And so, like, I don't think – I think the number is probably very small of people who casually get abortions. There's also just too many other things that go into that. Like, Mike, you said it takes two people. But, yeah, one of those people, the a, a way too high of a percentage of the time are being forced to be – right. Uh, I agree. To have that one person who's a part of the 50% is taking full advantage of the other 50% in that equation that creates a baby. So it's kind of like, yeah, that guy who just fucking raped a woman should have no say regardless. And And I agree with that. But I'm just saying It's a very tricky thing, you know? Like in in Act of Love, he's talking about, or this song, he's talking about Romeo and Juliet. Right. And this happens. So you got to at least, and I understand, like some strange man shouldn't have a say in that law but right. um mm-hmm. someone who who had they, they had consensual sex and someone who helped make that life don't you think they should have some kind of say in it and not i'm not saying preventing the person from getting an abortion but at least they should have some kind of say because again you know, ideal that's part idealistically of that. and reality Right. But I agree with you. I mean, for I guess for the most part, I agree with you. It, that's just it goes into the intricacies of human relationships. Right. And, and that's what I'm you saying. You would There's... hope, idealistically, you'd hope that a relationship would be uh, open and honest enough right. where you could say, where the guy could say, yeah, our, where the two, the two parties could say, okay, yeah, we had consensual sex and we didn't use protection or we did and it was an accident or whatever the case might be or whatever. And then they could say, the guy could say, I'm not ready for this. And the woman could say, well, I want to go forward with having the baby anyway. Let's work something out. Right? You know what I mean? You, you right. Idealistically, you'd hope that. But it shouldn't ever be that the case is, the guy says, I don't really want this. And the woman says, well, I do. And the guy says, well, it's not going to happen. You're not, it's no. It's right. a no. Right. Or she doesn't have part right. of the choice either. Exactly. Right. right. Yeah. Well, so, here, here it is. It's idealism and you're right. And I agree, I, I agree yeah, you know, that I like that Neil, uh, like you said, Luke, from that quote, I like that Neil is not just, I mean, you brought up the Louis C.K. thing, but also that's a, sort of, uh, yeah, he's making a point, but he also it, it was in a position of power and was using women, using his position of power to make women watch him jerk off. So not the best example, but it's like, that's my point. It's the patriarchy. There's so many levels to it. It's like, Louis can make a funny joke about that, but yeah, also he's making, at the end of the day, he's making a joke. I know that, yeah. but he's also still in a position of power sure. and making a joke about a thing where he has no perspective on it. Totally, you know. But yeah, I mean, as far as taking the trying to take the perspective of other people who think, who truly believe you're just straight up murdering a baby. Yeah, it's I guess him taking that dark humor. It's funny, but there's just so many layers to the whole thing. Right. That my point I'm trying to get at is that I agree with you. I like that Neil is trying to say it, it is a it is a battle between these really right. complicated, conflicted uh 
thing, uh, topics, yeah, and, there's, and there's, there's different, it's, it's, everyone. It's psychological. It's, it's philosophical. Right. It's moral. It's there's so many different. Every, and then every religion has their own. Religion story. plays a insane role the, in right. this. The biggest role. I grew up yeah. not knowing anything about this because I was a fucking child, and I would go to these Christian. Uh, That's all they talk about. I go to yeah. I go to these big Christian like music festivals, and every time I'm walking by any booth, there's always. Some shirt they're selling that says abortions homicide. Yep. And it's just like they're they're really pushing it look at Trump. One of the main reasons Trump became president is because most people are one issue voters. Right. And their one issue is abortion. Yeah. yeah. So now yeah. you've got people uh living on the street a percentage of so many awful things, racism, white supremacy is rampant all because people have this one issue. Again, majority male who don't have the perspective. It was such a just touching on what Russ says. I don't think people get how huge of a thing that was in the evangelical church. And probably still huge. is. Yeah. And even like that was one of the few things that trickled down into like they really did a good job of propagandizing that into like youth culture. Mm-hmm. Like he said that abortion is homicide church. Any festival you went to you'd see that. And there was one shirt when I was probably twelve or thirteen, it was like it said like R U four eight six and it was even like it was like a almost like a anti birth control. Yeah, like, which is the other iron ironic thing is that they don't want you to get abortions, and they don't want that. you to have sex. Mm-hmm. And they don't like, want, they want you to, want you to have safe sex. sex. Yeah, they don't want you. To they have only want you to get married right. and have sex that way, man and a woman. Right. And then, the, so, yeah. like, but then the even more like, extreme right. of yeah. that is is they only want you to get married and have sex, but only have sex to make babies. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Like it's just and then again, raise those babies to think everything you and that's their idealism. Right. Yeah, you know, exactly. And then, and then the reality then they, doesn't the, the, match the, up. You know, the other opposite end is the idealism is that women, you know, men shouldn't have a say in what women do with their bodies. Yeah. But then the reality comes, like Neil said, the reality comes together and then there's mm-hmm. trouble. That All that being yeah. said, take even all of that out. The song still kicks ass. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's, fun. it's awesome. It's greater yeah. with that and stuff in and it. And it's Pirate Neil. But Pirate Neil <laughs> is Pirate Neil, man. fucking awesome. Pirate Neil with a bunch of young Pearl Jam dudes. And they're fucking Arr. Mike McCready, Jack Irons. Uh, who's the ba- What's the bass player's name? He's Jeff Ahmed. Jeff, Jeff yeah. Ahmed is awesome, yeah. too. Um, also, I know people most likely are going to be like, hey, guys, no politics or whatever. But Fuck off. Well, that's Don't these... be a Neil Young fan then. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's what these songs are about. That's what these songs are about. Yeah. That's what we're so, going to talk about. There's yeah. no getting around it. You, yeah. you know, Neil confronted it in his way and we're discussing it. Yeah. That's what we do on a Neil Young podcast. And we talk about, you know, it's just we've had people, Friday the 13th movies sh- and drinks. Sh- yeah, exactly. So <laughs> yeah. we got all it all right. here, everyone. Yeah. But of, right. of the two abortion songs. Well, why don't you play these. a little bit of uh, Let's Move On. I yeah, will. Let's go to Active I Love. I will, but I, if we're picking one of our favorite abortion songs, I like this one more than Active Love. If I'm I do, too. Oh, see, I like Active Love better. I had a feeling you would. I like Song oh. X better. Oh, okay. See, so does that look? Yeah. yeah. Active Love kicks ass. Don't get me wrong. Great playing again.
So what do you think the slowly pounding means? Sex. <laughs> I was waiting for something a little more elaborate. Did you write that. that in your notes? You probably wrote, yeah, bring up pow- slowly Let, pounding and see what Luke, Luke says. make a sex joke. My favorite That's part it. is that guitar meow. Yeah, that meow. I love that. This song feels like it could be a... You, shit on me if you want. It feels like this could be up there, like as a stadium, like crowd amping song at a football. Oh game. yeah, definitely. This and the song mm. and song X. These are sing along. Yeah, tunes yeah. for sure. Yeah. Song X rules. These I, both these this, songs. This are song's great good. too. It's song something about Pirate Neil, man. This is fucking. <laughs> it's fucking cool to me. I love the uh, line, and this is where he really comes through with that quote. I I know I said I'd help you, baby. I wrote that. Here's yeah. my wallet. Wanted Call to, me sometime. I brought where it, it's like I you can to bring that you can treat too. a life like. Just get you know as something you can get rid of with some cash. Yeah, hey, here's my wallet. Call yeah. me sometime. Call me sometime. <laughs> we'll fucking... do it again, right? Hey, so I just is... met you, and this is crazy. But here's my wallet. <laughs> here's my wallet. Get an abortion. <laughs> Maybe. Here's my wallet. Maybe. Kill my baby. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, there you go. Well, you should submit that to a Christian rock band. <laughs> Jesus. You should you should submit that to the Christian Weird Al. Yeah. Oh, you mean Weird Ray? Jan weird Ray Yerkovitz. <laughs> don't call him Christian. We don't know that. Yeah, that's true. Sorry, Ray. That could be a big insult. Um, I think it's pretty interesting that he first... I know we, we already touched on this a, a bunch, but he first played the song at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame ceremony, mm. which... Uh, with Crazy Horse. With Crazy Horse. Yeah. And Eddie, didn't Eddie like do his like speech or whatever? Yeah, Eddie inducted Neil. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And not only that, Eddie recorded that performance. Oh, that's right. I read this, yeah. So he had a DAT player with him, and he recorded it. And so when Neil called him up, he was like, "Yeah, I got, I, I got a tape of it." <laughs> and um, <laughs> sorry, hold on, I, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what? Can we please have a con- that con- Can we just act out that conversation with Russ being Neil and you okay. doing that, Eddie? Okay, all right. Hey, Eddie, did you get my? Are you ready to fucking introduce me on the the fucking thing? Oh, uh, you know, I, I, uh, I'm ready, but um. Spit it out. Uh, you haven't played the song, and I haven't recorded it yet, so <laughs> I can't really talk about it. What the fuck's wrong with you, Eddie? You're at the top of the world. You know. Oh, this is getting emotional. Here's a bird. <laughs> and a little Lionel train. It's a <laughs> rock and roll gift bag. Also, you weren't nearly mumbly enough. I was hoping for oh, more really? of an Adam Sandler. Uh, I'm op- thinking, I'm trying to, all I can, all I know, like Eddie talking is, you know, He's actually pretty like live. I know, yeah. You know, he's pretty when he's talking. Yeah, but that's no fun. You got. I know you get really hurt when he's singing though. Hey Eddie, you know, like, like, Russ says he hasn't seen enough pictures oh, of Eddie Russ, in the, in Russ the night. That's from the um, unplugged. Russ mentioned uh, Yellow Lead yeah, better. Dude, he's gorgeous. You know, he mumbles more when he sings. So he's like, Young Eddie is. And then Hootie gorgeous. ripped that whole fucking deal off. <laughs> right? But when yeah. he's talking, he's actually. I don't you know, want to be here. I'm just thinking of that scene from Singles where, uh, uh, a good review for us. <laughs> It's a good review for you. <laughs> Most of this just makes me annoyed that uh, Neil didn't ever hook up with Creed and do a whole thing oh with them. Jesus. That's the most disappointing thing. Do some thing abortion songs with Creed? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. With that's, arms wide open. That's a good idea. That's an excellent <laughs> idea, Luke. Oh, my God. Let me take you higher where the birds can see me fly. In my own prison. And I said, oh, 
have been there on a Sunday morning playing with my trains. <laughs> oh, God. Jesus. Stop. This is going in a terrible Ain't got direction. No time for crazy Can horse. Move on to Ain't got no on time. The ocean? Yes, yeah. let's move on to On the Ocean, please. Russ get this excited about a song without Ben Keith in it. I love this song, man. This song gets me. I agree with Jeremy. This song just a lot of those people that that said this. Wait, one. do you agree with the Jeremy we quoted earlier, or with the song Jeremy by Pearl Jam? Yeah. It's important to clarify. Yeah, the kid who shut up. Jeremy, oh yeah. I love the line. Have I you ever driving. read those lyrics? No. You should, man. It's what for Jeremy? Lines. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, I'm sure you know him, but I just didn't know if you. Would, if you oh it's it's nuts I know the song but I don't know and what he's he talks he's about like the the kid uh, he like bit the teacher's breast yeah and shit like well, that bit the recess yeah. lady's breast yeah yeah did How someone call him daughter is that why he did it <laughs> sorry I love the lyric in this tune I was driving way too fast couldn't stop though so I let the moment last mm-hmm. yeah I think that's awesome so great uh, the that first verse to open the song is yeah. just like hell yeah kind of setting it up like yeah. this is you know this is another auto each, I, I each think one it's autobiographical yeah each yeah. one of these man even the next verse people my age they don't do the things mm-hmm. I do they go somewhere while I run away with you and you I think know? the you in that case is whoever's listening Crosby Stills Nash Crosby Stills Nash oh yeah that's right <laughs> that was a prime I think it's weird Ray Yurkovitz you think so Yurkovitz. he's talking about weird yeah. Ray I don't know I'm totally his last name is long gone actually point. the line I think uh, is about CSN is I'm not the company I keep Wait, so you're, we were saying it as a joke, but you really I'm think really saying that that course. line is of about CSN. I'm not the company I keep. All right. Don't, don't think I'm like Stephen Stills or David Crosby. All right. Maybe think I'm like Graham Nash. He seems like a nice guy. You think that's the company he keeps? <laughs> well, I think that's what people will relate him to. All right. And maybe they'll, like, maybe he's directly addressing. Okay. sure. Yeah, I see what you're saying. Pearl yeah. Jam fans in this case saying, you know, I'm not. I'm an old hippie guy, but I'm not like those old hippies. But I'm guys. not Crosby. Right. Yeah. I'm not yeah. old fashioned. Just listen to this hit single where I talk about doing the Charleston. <laughs> the limbo. Sorry, I just want to read another one. Because this song Russ is. Russ has got it bad for this song. Chalk full of them, man. I can't hear you, but I feel the things you say. I can't see you, but I see what's in my way. It's great. Yeah. Oh, totally. You know? This is also his, I think, the longest song on the album, I believe. I right? think it is, yeah. Seven minutes or something. No, isn't scenery longer? Oh, scenery. Might oh, be yeah, maybe scenery. It's like eight or nine, I think. But yeah, this is like seven minutes. Yeah. My my only complaint with this song is that I love the end so much. I wish I heard, I know people say this song is already too repetitive, but I love the end so much. Just the... I'm the ocean. I'm the giant mm-hmm. undertow. I just and then he changes his that. voice. Yeah, and he to sing- sound like it's underwater. Yeah, yeah. right there. Yeah. 
keys. Yeah, the keys. Yeah, but I just wish they did the, the giant undertow. I wish they did that more. Also, another complaint is it would be awesome if him and Eddie were switching verses in this song. Right. I thought of that. Yeah, this yeah. Would they kind of do on a song later on in the Peace album. and Love, right? But which is one of yeah, my I favorites agree. That probably would have been pretty cool. Yeah. That was probably the day Eddie Stalker was like yeah. right outside of his know, house right. and he couldn't yeah. leave because I feel like it was written to have them. Yeah. Switch. It's it's just like. Do you what's want... what's the song that he does that? With? That sounds like he's sending it through a Leslie speaker, but he does that same underwater. Yeah. Thing. What was the song on Hawks and Dogs? Like Hawks and Dogs. Campfire. It's, near, it's near the, fireplace um, or whatever, right? No, that's no. that's mood uh, for love. Or, or yeah, you're no, talking it was on about Hawks and Dogs. Um, it was the one that sounds like a. Yeah, I know what you're talking. Sounds about. like a schoolhouse rock tune. Or I'll whatever. find it in two seconds. Give me a second. Here. You know, um, he's talking about under the sea. Lost in space. That's it. Lost in space, which I love and you hate. I love. I wasn't a big fan. I wasn't a big fan of that. Are we gonna? Do you want to do it now or when we get to it? Address the fact that Fallen Angel is just this song slowed down. Well, again, yeah, much like Western Hero and what was the other one? This to me, it's way better. It's way more well done. It's more intentional, but I I like like it it better because it's it. It feels like he definitely did that on purpose. Like Fallen Angel was almost a verse taken from this Mm -hmm. and put with like the organ kind of or something. What's weird is though, he has those two short organ songs, Mm -hmm. right? And, but this comes before the first one. So it's, it's weird how it's bookended. It's not within the bookends like this song and then Fallen Angel, which totally takes from this song. It's it's built like it should be side A and side B on vinyl, but I don't think this was put out on vinyl, was it? Originally? Um, not originally. This is I mean, like the it, height of the CD era. Yeah. The CD packaging was actually kind of nice. It was that real, very you know rough cardboard. Looked like a real I, screen print on the front. I think and, someone mentioned that on the Facebook, how this was one of their first CDs they get without that like jewel casing that yeah, would crack no, immediately. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that had, you know, it, it looked cooler. It looked like a mini album. And plus it was biodegradable, which I'm sure Pearl Jam and nice. Neil at the time were oh, yeah. you know, very concerned about. But... Yeah, I I just uh, I really love this melody. The on the ocean melody is just catchy so catchy, yeah. and it just gets in you. And that the last part, um, Russ. That's a, yeah. That is a certified Pearl Jam groove. Yeah, yeah. yeah. This right is also there. one. Of I also songs. love the. Sorry, I also love the. I think it's Neil playing the organ, but it almost sounds like a flute at times. It's like right, kind of a thing going on. It's, Do it again. It's, that might no. be Brendan O'Brien. Really? Yeah. 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 Brendan O'Brien, I wrote the this The production down. is cool. In, in he played yeah. bass. So do you like the underwater sound in this one? Or Yeah, I think it works okay. well here. Yeah. yeah. Brendan O'Brien played bass on um, that first Merkin Ball song. Um, oh, on Long Road? No, on the other one. Uh, I Got It. I Got, I got it. it. Oh, he yeah. plays bass on yeah. that? Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. And then he also, on this album, does production, mixing, plays electric guitar, mm-hmm. plays piano, and he does vocals. Yeah. That's yeah. typical Brendan O'Brien. Is it? Like, he'll get fully involved. Does he just... D- do a lot of Pearl Jam albums, or is he just like a producer of like diff- he, all different albums? Um, he produced Core from Stone Temple Pilots. Oh, I okay. believe Purple. He produced Rage Against the Machine. He's oh. produced Bruce Springsteen, ACDC. Damn. He, he's, yeah, I got, I got a list here somewhere. But he was like, at that time, though, he's an Irish he really team. made it because he was the engineer on uh, Black Crow's Shake Your Money Maker. Okay. And so with the success of that album, everybody wanted him as an engineer, and then he really came out as a producer. And, but he's also does not have a producer's name though. Brendan O'Brien he sounds like like an offensive coordinator for like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. Brendan sound, O'Brien calling in. Uh, he also sounds like he could own a comedy club or something too. Yeah, something like that. Or uh, or an Irish pub. Yeah, Brendan O'Brien's. All right. 
Or he's just a regular caller into yeah. Pike. What we're saying is, <laughs> what we're saying is, we really like his work. Yeah, he has great work. Hey, Shu, yeah. it's not a, a, hey, not Shu, a it's B.O.B. Uh, hey, it's Brendan O'Brien. Oh, what's up, Brendan? Long hey. time, first time. Hey, Shu, I got to take on your Italian something here. Brendan O'Brien. <laughs> Brendan O'Brien needs more corned beef. <laughs> <laughs> so corned beef Italian subs. That's right, but mine, mine has corned beef. Is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're gonna tell me I can't put fucking corned beef? Whatever on I my... want. Hey, Shu, I got a bone to pick with you. What you said about weird Ray Yurkovich really yeah. fucking rubbed me the wrong way. Yeah, you know the guy does great work. Why is he? You just became like a New York. Uh, right hey, Mike, there. I got a problem with the coffee you're selling us. <laughs> yeah. So you just did a big one of your. <laughs> Don't stop <laughs> pointing that you out. To hear that. Pointing All right, let's let's move back. on here. Big big green country. <laughs> <laughs> Relax. Gotta listen to Jeff in this song. The bass is fucking nuts in this tune. I like that change. I do too, yeah. He mentions a rider in the previous song, also. I wrote, Neil lo- loves a song about a rider. <laughs> he loves yeah. a good rider. There's like, there's like three yeah. songs on here that, there's like mention, three a that mention a rider. He yeah. loves a rider. He loves and then a song it was about in the a rider. Old homestead, you know, the, the old rider homestead. and the old Then homestead. there was one in, uh, was it Sleeps with Angels? or there was... uh, Yeah, the Western Hero, right? Yeah, Western he Hero's got like, a rider. There's, wears a there's long coat. Even one, I feel like, in the fucking... I'd love to see someone paint a universe, like a picture of like the Neil Young universe, you know, like with all the, like the Charlie Kelly thing with, with all the things connected where like the writers interact and they're like, well, in this song in verse three, this writer talks about, and it's like, Mm -hmm. there's actually a whole story that we all of Neil's writers are living their own. (laughs) They're in their own universe. One of them's Crosby. One of them stills. That's right. Yeah. The, I, the fucking, the bass in this tune is it's great. It's yeah. really good, Jeff. Yeah. This son, this one sounds the most '90s alternative on the whole album. This one me. and the one we mentioned earlier to me are very like, uh, what was the uh, throw your hatred throw your hatred down? down are yeah. both very like very much like that. Yeah, I what think is, this is a song about. Um, he says cancer cowboy. Yeah, so I is think that the, like a star I, sign. I'm a cancer. No, no, that's or the do you think he means? Of course, Russ making it about himself. He thinks he's the no, cancer no, cowboy. I just I didn't know no, if you guys did any research. I. I I think it's the Marlboro Man. Really? I think it's uh, Big Green Country is... Oh, I think shit. this song is a metaphor for... You have this dream. You have this image of the Marlboro Cowboy. This is what I smoke. I smoke a Marlboro Red. After getting a hard day on the trail, I enjoy a nice, rich, you know, Philip Morris product. After I park my arrow star. That's I right. After I, after I abduct Light her, up a good menthol. After I zip tie the young lady, I like to light up a, a Marlboro Red. <laughs> after right? I kick the dog. Right. Yeah, so... You know, and that's the image being sold. But behind that image is what really happened to that famous Marlboro cowboy. The guy got cancer. And then later, before he died, did an interview telling people not to smoke. He was on oxygen. He was, he was a mess because he, mm. was, he smoked. He had lung cancer. And that's how David Briggs died. You know, and at this point, David Briggs is, I think he's gone already, isn't he? Maybe not. I don't think he is no, yet. No, he's not yet. So... What what's the verse? The with folded arms, the chief stood watching a painted brave slip down the hill. So 
Yeah. In his ears, a spirit talking as they closed in for an easy That's kill. the American spirit's Indian. It's seriously. Be, no, yeah. seriously? Yeah. That's that's the, that's what I was going to say. I was so like, that's, is that, is that's that what you the think price, that is? right? Yeah. So the, now we go back to the story of cowboys and Indians and manifest destiny. Yeah. And, you know, so we took over their land, but, you know, at the same time, they massacred, you know, the, the people buffalo. who the were taking well, cornered. No, they massacred the people who were taking over their land. And it, so you could say that this is, yeah, this is, this is what we did. We, we settled America and it was great, but there's a story behind that that yeah. nobody wants to talk about. Just like there's a story behind the Marlboro man who was this tough, strong American image, but he died of lung cancer. Right. Well, and also mentioning both the, the, Mar- the Marlboro Red Cowboy and the American Spirits Indian, like the fact that it's called Big Green, or what's it called? Big no. Green Country. Yeah, Big Green yeah. Country. It's kind of like, we're going to get you. Any way we can. Like, it looks like a big green country, but it's, there's some. Right. We're selling this. It's all advertising. Right. The whole thing is, av- like, it's you're image. not a cowboy guy. Right. You're more a Native American guy. We're going to get you. It's all image. Yeah. Yeah. We're selling the image. It doesn't matter what the product is. And is that he, was a big concern of his also through a lot of his career. Oh, yeah. You know, and, and we, when we get to downtown, you know, there's some lyrics in there that, that kind of touch on the subject also. Yeah. Yeah. You got anything else on it, Russ? You want to switch? Oh, to I was next? just gonna say that uh, the um, the verse about the he was luckier than most men. He was barely in his prime, and she stood there in the doorway. That whole line that almost feels a little bit like he's going going back to the Kurt thing a little bit. I think he touches back to Kurt a few times on this. Yeah, like oh, like what? The, so the what? What is the woman supposed to be? Fucking Courtney. Oh, I didn't get oh, that on okay. this. I was thinking huh. more the Yesterday song is definitely a Kurt song to hmm, me. Yeah. We're almost there. We'll get to um, it. See, I saw that as like... Could be even him, too. Him and Peggy or something. But you, it might I, fit I what you're saying. I saw that as the, yeah. like, this is the American dream. I'm almost there. But, oh, there's a price for the American dream. Maybe it's the Statue of Liberty or something Or like something, that. or just like yeah. this pure image of this woman in white on this porch of a house. It's a nice yeah. image, like a Western-style image, big green country. Uh-huh. And will he's, he al- naked? he's yeah. almost there. Will he? Ma- no, he oh, doesn't. He said, will he naked? There I go. <laughs> Jesus, right, sorry. Oh, my God. Seriously. <laughs> Truth be known, Luke can't yeah. not bring up some kind of... Exactly. Truth be known, this is my favorite song on the album. Wow. Yeah, nice. Big old guitar. Oh, yeah. Rides so comfortably, yeah. you know what I mean? I want to cover this for This is one of my favorites. This is my number two song. My number one. It'd be nice having Timmy do the slide. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. This is a great fucking song. To me, this is Don't Be Denied level. Big old drums too. Yeah, that's what I mean about the production. Like, I really like, I like the production. The band is what's what is prominent. Yeah, but you still don't lose the vocals. Right. You know, I got a favorite. I want to just get the chorus. It, it, I feel like it, it was. I love this. Yeah. This is another one of those times where Neil uses the instrument. Yeah. The sound of the band as another part of right. the verse. Yeah. Truth be known. Mm-hmm. Down, yeah. Down. yeah. 
I love the know? interplay between him and Stone and Mike. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to the guitars go to, are awesome. Go to three forty four because I think that's the best example of it, of them just a little bit ahead of that. You know, they're recognizing the space mm-hmm. that they have available to like Neil's doing his thing, so Mike's going, Okay, well I'm gonna play this thing yeah. it's super you know, interesting. With a little flange on it. Yeah. And Stone's like, Okay, well I'm gonna fill that space that Mike's not filling. Right. You know, and they, they just seem to do it effortlessly yeah. and it's, it sounds yeah. amazing. I just think this is sometimes Neil just hits me with a like the perfect combo of music and not just music, music done right like mm-hmm. produced and recorded right at the right tempo at the right speed mm. with all the right instruments and then also nails it with the lyrics like that the last verse or this yeah the last verse when the fire mm. that once was your friend burns your fingers to the bone and your song meets a sudden end echoing through right and wrong truth be known it's just like mm-hmm. ah you know that could be that could be something about Kurt Cobain totally yeah you know, and it, this whole thing could be a cautionary tale. You know, maybe he was inspired by Kurt. Maybe he was inspired by working and listening to what Pearl Jam had to say about, you know, dealing with a very sudden rise to fame and, and just that, you know, careful what you wish for. Mm-hmm. You know yeah. what I mean? Like this, the dreams are there. Like he mentions your dreams will turn their back on you. Yeah. So you'll achieve it. It'll be great. But then you'll realize, well, there's a downside to this too. I mean, we all want to be rich and famous. mm you know, which is maybe one of the problems with this country, like we talked about in Western Hero. Like, there's a difference between a hero who, the guy who goes to work every day and provides for his family and helps his children become successful and his family become successful, and then there's a the hero that becomes the bachelor. You yeah, know what I mean. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so he's he's telling you know he's saying like, look, those dreams are there. There's always a price. Mm-hmm. You know, and yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's why I love this tune. I fucking love this song. It's, I agree, yeah. Luke. It's just the perfect Neil combination. Yeah. And I was like, uh, when I was driving here, the, the sun was beating down and just that perfect coming through the window, mm. driving, and this song made me feel so good. It just okay. rides well. Can I just say, a majority of Neil's music, whether it's with Crazy Horse, Stray Gators, Solo, whatever... Just sounds better when you're driving. Oh, absolutely. Oh, why is that? I 100 percent agree. It just I, goes well with driving. I'd say most. He's good just music one does of those artists. There's a. That's true. Yeah, the, yeah. Yeah, really. Some good music, music sounds different when you're driving. There, and sometimes it's depending on where you're driving. Yeah. Because there, there's a song. There's uh, Michael Kiwan. You know Michael Kiwanuka? No. If you don't, you should you should listen to him. He's awesome. But there, uh, his his out. Did you ever watch Big Little Lies? Yeah. You know the intro song. The. Yeah. Um, is that him? Yeah, that's Michael Keaton. Oh, he's okay. really good. Oh, wow. But that song is taken from a song that is the start of his album and the name of the album too, and uh, <clears throat> and it's like like a twelve or fourteen minute long song, but it's wow. got really awesome like seventies style uh, violins and shit that are all it's gorgeous production and the way he starts singing and like the backup choir ladies he has and it's just really it just puts you in it and so when i 
drive and I'm driving into a city, I always put that song on because huh. it like slows yeah. down time. Right. And it's you you see the buildings and shit and you, like maybe a bird goes across the sky and everything just becomes like a cinematic moment almost, right. you know? Yeah. And, huh. and a lot, I agree. A lot of Neil sort of does that right. for me as well. It Like if I'm hitting the highway, <clears throat> it's Ragged Glory. Yeah. yeah. Ragged Glory totally. is a great... If you got to drive on the highway, yeah. Ragged Glory is a great album for yeah. that. Yeah. Someone just wrote on the Facebook page, I want to like I'm the Ocean, but to me it's just too repetitive by the end. Please, someone help me change my mind. I think that was Alec. Change your mind. Uh, yeah, it is. Yeah. I wish I could help you, Alec. If you think it's too repetitive, that's fine. Just imagine Eddie taking over some of the verses, and that might help. Yeah. But I just, I just love the groove. I love the... If you think that's repetitive, may I suggest T-Bone from Reactor? <laughs> I'll suggest it. Jesus Christ. I mean, if you want to just put your head in an oven... If you want to do know? the Charleston with some hippies, though... Yeah, this is the tune right here. I love that, though. Can you just start it over? That Get to hear Neil yeah. do a fuck... I fucked up. I think, I, think I, I fucked, fucked up. Ah, oh, fuck, I fucked up. I'm fucking up. Why do I keep fucking Why up? Why do I keep fucking doing this? <laughs> hey, you guys should cover that. <laughs> yeah, listen to that. I love that. That is cool. Yeah. yeah. The ACDC drums. Yeah, it's a straight-ahead rock yeah. tune, yeah. and it's danceable. It's got a swing oh, yeah, to it. Totally, you can't help but tap your toes. Right. Yeah. Also, again, the the, the balance of the guitar playing is great. Like him and Mike. Yeah. You know. Charleston. <laughs> I think that's the reason you don't like this song. Is just those two lines. I also like when he mentions. Zeppelin and uh, Jimmy, it's like it's fine, I guess. I don't know. Well, there's a Did story. Anyone watch the video? So, so I was going to mention that. So Bob Satchwell, another youngster, wrote that this album features one of Neil Young's cheesiest songs and videos, and he attached the video. You hadn't watched it before. I that? did. No, it's it's pretty damn cheesy. It's like I love that because oh, I kind of like that. Neil's video, the too. roadie. <laughs> he's like I love moving it. He's the got fan. the flashlight. Yeah, you know, he's yeah. signaling the sound guy. It feels, and he's moving stuff around. It feels like something. It feels like 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 a college like music video project. Like with all those people dancing. Yeah. It's well, just that's like, what yeah. that's what the song's about. I think it's I supposed guess. to be that. And that yeah. and you know why he mentions the Charleston and the limbo? Because Crosby, Stills, and Nash probably. Right? Absolutely, <laughs> David Crosby would do the limbo in the studio while doing vocals and coke at the same time. That's what it took. For that guy to sing Jesus. after a while. That's why drugs are bad. Because in their day, not Crosby Stills and Nash's day, but in the in the limbo and the Charleston's day, yeah. that was all the rage, right? Yeah. That was the trend. That was the trendy thing. Sure, to do. Yeah. That was the rock and roll. Like these kids are going out there and they're right. doing the Charleston and I they're drinking bathtub gin. So it's kind of like, and so th- there's two things I see in mentioning those two dances. One, he was at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame show, and he was backstage. And there's Zeppelin, and there's everybody else, and all these old rock guys. And so he's kind of like saying, doing the Charleston, doing the limbo, maybe poking fun at himself and the other people at the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, saying, we're that old. Yeah. You know? Yeah, or okay. he's saying that, and this is, this is where the 60s, 90s things come, come in. Downtown is that place that has been through generations where you went, did the Charleston, did the limbo. In the 60s, 
you went there and you saw Jefferson Airplane. You went to the Fillmore East, mm-hmm. right? In the 90s, you did a mosh pit, mm-hmm. right? That yeah. was the mosh pit was the thing in the 90s. So there's like this thing. There's always a thing downtown. There's always a thing, right? On, yeah. Right. It's just, this is what's going on right now. And yeah. then some of the lyrics in it, you can apply to any of those generations. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's like um you know, the whole thing about, you know, the the money changing hands or the the door guy, you know, that could be applied to any time in the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90, you know, the your your what is it? Your blood in his eyes or your meat in his eyes or something, something like that. Something like that, yeah. Young blood in his yeah. eyes. Yeah. You better, you know, hang on to your girlfriend. Hold on to your baby. When yeah. You and then to this guy. Right. It's got to be LSD or whatever. LSD or yeah. ecstasy. Yeah. You know? Sure, yeah. You know, whatever. So this is like, to me, that's what he's saying. Like, this is, this is a play. And then it's been happening. This is what it's been like. You know, what I was doing in the 60s is the same thing you're doing in the 90s. It just looks different. That's all. But it's the same thing. I get that. You're going to a place because yeah. you're young and you want to be with other going. young people. Totally. No, I get it. And, yeah, yeah, I actually kind of like that. That's actually one of my favorite lyrics. The ones you don't like is the... Because he meant he says Jimmy's playing in the back room, Led Zeppelin on stage. There's a mirror ball twirling and a note from Page, which Jimmy Page. Yeah. And then I love this, like a water washed diamond yeah. in a river of sin, going down like a whirlpool when you get sucked in. I love that's my that's favorite. Great. Line that's such a great. I'm not even saying it's a, a bad song. It's just line. my least favorite. It just it, to me, I just it, it's. I mean, it's got it's a cheesy, che- boppy. Uh, it's not. I don't. I don't think it's cheesy. I don't. But think, I, can I don't. See, I, don't I just can I see know. why you might think it's. I think it's cheesy. It sounds cheesy for a reason yeah. because he's talking about it's fun. Yeah, it's and it's fun supposed song. to be. This yeah. was fun. Yeah, this is what we did for fun. I just yeah. think there's. Yeah. If you're gonna write a song about downtown, there's just one that's just always gonna be superior in my mind. Okay, and it's this one, <laughs> Mister Downtown. That one. Yeah, I knew it. This guy's on a Hanks kick. I want a, want a bad Hanks kick. <laughs> Mike is so Mr. Downtown. Down. The fuck is this? It's from that thing Russ you do. Russ knows every word, by the way. Is it really? Yeah. It's like a weird tempo. Yeah. Then Freddie Fredrickson doesn't do I'm weird tempos. In the night, what's his name, Mr. Downtown? <laughs> Mr. Downtown. Awesome. If I want to be on a Hanks kick, let me be on a Hanks kick. <laughs> you know, not. he he wrote that thing you do. Did you know that? He yeah. He no, I thought Adam. I thought Adam yeah. Schlesinger wrote that. He wrote some of the songs. I don't know if he wrote. Um, he helped write them at least. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, okay. No, not the songs. But he wrote the movie. No, he wrote the movie. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. right. I don't. But know he if helped I knew write that. some of the songs too. I think. Yeah, yeah. Which is great. Yeah. Anyway, that's yeah. my take on downtown. That's why I think it's a fun song. Sure. And I think that's why I think fun. it yeah. sounds like it sounds because it's supposed to be like, yeah, this is all the kids are doing it, kind of mm-hmm. thing. Yeah. Uh, all the kids are doing it again. Mm-hmm. It's you know also I mean? san- sandwiched between two of my top three songs. Truth be known, and what happened yesterday, that made my top three. Right. To oh. me, this is kind of like, again, where Crazy Horse and him were looking at the '90s. This is him with Pearl Jam looking at the '60s. Agreed. Yeah. You know the mention of Zeppelin and Jimmy, and this is how like a lot of maybe like uh, how I saw the '60s. I mean, I, you know, I was two years old 
1970, you know, so it's like, I don't I have no idea. But when I think about what the scene was like at say the Fillmore East, right. You know, Jimmy's hanging backstage, you know, totally. Yeah. And, and all that whole thing and the mirror ball and people tripping their fucking socks off. This is know? also one of those albums where my cut song doesn't mean as much because I like this album as a whole. I don't think there's really any bad. Sometimes there's in my mind, there's glaring bad spots on his albums. Right. Oh yeah. And this, this one, one doesn't have that. Doesn't really have this that one's hard me. for me to cut. But yeah. yeah. It's a weird. It's a weird. Yeah, and so so time. when I say I would cut the song, it's not because I dislike it. It's just I dislike it more than most of the other ones, and it feels a little out of place on a pretty fairly serious album, with the exception of Pirate Neil. But even that's a serious song. <laughs> yeah, it's a serious subject. Yeah. yeah. To me, this is the beginning of the looking back part of the album. It get it gets more. It becomes like you said, more of a almost a concept album from the right. it's got like a feel to it from here right. on it's it's all about the sure. you know because then you go into that organ quick let's hit, let's hit it yeah yeah what happened yesterday I probably play this whole song yeah you might as well i guess mm, probably can't no. don't play the whole thing yeah yeah maybe by the time i fade it it'll be over <laughs> we're halfway through now you could do one more line Fade a little bit f- of that change. But I'm going to fade yeah. it back in because the ending, I want to see if you guys get the same vibe as me. Right here. Yeah. That's super like a hurricane, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I love about Neil is he's got these, he, his whole career, his whole life is like an opera. Which is so funny because right, he's got yeah. that. There's parts that, that you know, the Stones are kind of like that too. Yeah, like Keith Richards once said, you know, you'll hear a little bit of this and this song and a little mm-hmm. bit of that. And this I think song I got to dig more all... into the Stones because I don't know them nearly as much as I feel like I should. Talk to Bill Janovitz. I might. Yeah, I should. He, he wrote a couple of excellent books. We'll on be the talking Stones. to him next week. Yes, very soon. Um, this is this Kurt. Is this a song about Kurt? I think it's it's Kurt and Danny. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. Because Danny died at this at the particular time Danny died, and all my friends saying, don't look back. It's like he was just getting launched into the stratosphere with Harvest, mm. and he was going on that tour. And it was like, you know what? He couldn't, he didn't want to help himself. He couldn't help himself. Don't look back. And then Kurt dying, and, and so maybe that's him saying, don't compare that to what happened with Danny, but it kind of is. Yeah. You're talking about the super talented guy who had issues. Mm-hmm. What's the? Do you have the lyrics up right now, Russ? Yeah. Uh, that those last two lines are they're just haunting. <clears throat> like an echo, like a photograph. Like an echo, like a photograph. Yeah. He says, yeah. "I can feel it coming through me, like an echo, like a." That's but, why I think it could. It's both because it's no matter how far away you get, whether it's Cobain, which in the considering when this came out was basically yesterday. Mm-hmm. And Danny, which was decades before, it still never goes away. Yeah. And sometimes it's just as fresh as it was. I also I, think even... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, like we talked about in Sleeps with Angels, you know, he's kind of like, this is a new thing coming up. And this is good. There's a lot of hope in this music. This music's real again. But then all the same things started happening, like when the 60s turned in the 70s and people overdosing or selling out or whatever. You know, it was just like, this is all the same stuff that's happening again. It's kind of a weary look, you know, but yeah. still like, I'm still going to look forward. Yeah. You know, I'm still going to. Well, I, I almost see it a little bit the, 
uh, not the opposite, but just if you take out a friend or an artist dying too soon, even if you just think of this little song as this little mini poem, even for just the sometimes the dangers of be of being too nostalgic and 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 not living in your present moment and not mm-hmm. working towards the future because you're just so caught up in what was. Right. So even if you take away the death of a friend or something, I feel like it's a relatable sentiment to to like the I mean we can read the whole thing. It's it, can't forget what happened yesterday though my friends say don't look back. I can feel it coming through me like an echo like a photograph. So to me it's almost people are saying to him like live in the now and you know don't be or whatever people say to you about how the past doesn't exist anymore and right. you know right we need and to, you could get to that point but it's like like you but said you, it's like sometimes an echo. you can't help it it's, right, it's like an, an addiction echo. to deep to, to, to right. yeah you know like i have a certain friend who literally just is so in the past is so addicted to how things were that I, like we, we don't have a relationship because anymore because it's just he can't there's no he can't get with what is now it's josh oh jesus <laughs> and, I, I liked it better back then <laughs> <laughs> and that to me is what i think of when i hear this it's just sometimes yeah. you can't help it's just an addictive thing like oh man when we were young and it was so you know yeah. downtown kind of you know right, it's yeah. got that right. sort of thing but um, and that's why, we think, that's, that's why I think downtown is the start of this kind of looking Don't back. Do it, Luke. I won't. You know, it's the start. And then he has this. It was like downtown. These were good times. And then, you know, then this yeah. is kind of touching on, well, mm-hmm. you shouldn't look back because. That's why I like this right yeah. after that. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe I do now hearing what you guys are saying. Mike, what do you think of the fact that this has those like same like echoes of. Uh, after the gold rush with Cripple Creek and I think it it fits. It's like the dramatic version of it. To I me, guess, this but... isn't filler. Okay, this is, this is part of a a whole work. Okay, that's, I agree. That's I what agree. I'm saying. It yeah. starts with downtown until the the last part of the album when you have the other, you know, um, pump organ tune. Yeah, and Fallen that, Angel. Right, yeah. and so you have which that, is, which is basically kind ocean. of a reprise yeah. of "I'm the Ocean." Yeah. But it's it's done in a mournful way. It's also a great ending song. I mean, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, "Peace and Love" is actually in my top three. This is the one he co-wrote with Eddie, right? Yes. And this is the one song you really hear Eddie on, yeah. which we should probably go to. Also, Jeff is playing yeah. great bass on this one too. If that's the part I like the most is when Eddie comes in and that's it's that great that change. Down. It's yeah. like a change, a really nice change. Is that? Turn it up a little. But those guitars and the drums are just so front in the mix in so many of these songs. Even in downtown, the drums are right up, right up in your face. I love it. Yeah, go go to uh, 241, Luke. Is it's a great change, and then you can even go to 240, but uh, it's a nice change, and then Eddie comes in. And it's just really refreshing. <laughs> I love this. So 
Bones goodbye. I think the Saw the Wake thing is is a reference to a Hunter Thompson line from Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, hmm. um, where he relates the whole thing about San Francisco in the 60s and hate Ashbury. And he says, um, he says, uh, if you look west with the right kind of eyes, you can almost see the high water mark, that place where the wave finally broke and rolled back. Like there was this, like, Kind of like what he's been, what we're talking about. Like there was this movement in the '60s, and it went and it kept going. But then at one point, it kind of turned bad mm-hmm. and receded, and kind of lost all that ground that it, mm. it supposedly gained in whatever movement, cultural, musical, what whatever you're talking about. Yeah, and that's what I think what he means in that particular verse by the wake. I've seen the wake. I love that he says, "I saw." I, well, he says, "I saw the dream. I saw the wake. We shared it all, but not the take." Right, because it's yeah. it ended up badly. Mm-hmm. So another, again, like a cautionary tale, like idealism meeting reality. A lot of cautionary tales. In yeah, Neil's well, I mean, he's, if anybody album. can give them about, you know, this particular subject, it, it's Neil. He's He saw it all happen. Don't feed the birds after midnight. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? Bird gremlins. Come Bird on, gremlins. Man. <laughs> Come Don't on. get him you know, wet. And I think it's appropriate that you know in the last the last lines he shares that with Eddie and kind of lets Eddie go because one of them is like I had it all, you know, or, and but gave it back, and that's yeah. kind of what he's telling Pearl Jam to do. Yeah, you've got yeah. it, you've got it all right now, but don't be afraid to just do what you want, you know. And to go back to what we were just saying before this, that verse right after the Eddie stuff is peace and love, Lenin's goodbye. Yeah. Over now, living in time, a broken bell and nursery rhyme. I feel like it's also important to touch on, I mean, I mean, we touched on it, but like how annoying, how annoyed would you be if you were Eddie? Not even annoyed, like furious. Fucking Neil Young is like, I want to make a record with you and you got to deal with a stalker. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, but Neil's doing most of the singing. Totally. But like, yeah. wouldn't you just want to be there? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like, yeah. I don't know. I, yeah. I assume. I no, mean, yeah, I just want to hang out in the studio. Yeah, yeah. like, and, right. and just probably to have to hear, like, you're probably like, you got to, like, delete like delete all your phone numbers and be careful where you go because you're dealing right. with a psychopath. And then, like, fucking Mike's like, Eddie, like, we got, like, we did Honey Slides with Neil. Like, we recorded <laughs> these three songs. Like, oh, my God, you're not even going to believe it. Like, he complimented. And Joni Mitchell showed yeah. up. <laughs> <laughs> just like that did that shit and, and then, then some right. crazy dude in overalls told <laughs> yeah. told Crosby to fuck off and threw awesome. an axe at him and he t- acted like a snake hold on you're telling me Kershaw was there <laughs> that's not a good Eddie uh, Rusty Kershaw is a hero of mine <laughs> your Eddie is getting worse as the I'm sorry goes I can't on. do it I can't do you it just, anymore I've I think you it. realize the second you open your mouth that you can't you I just can't like, I can sing like him <laughs> You just sound like like a very monotone emo Phillips when you do it now. <laughs> like, I was trying to change the radio in the car, and I, I was it. swerving back and forth, and I finally got the new one in there. I got to do a throw your peepees down. And we're back. Sorry, I had to throw my peepee down. Russ throw went pee. Throw your peepee down. <laughs> There's a place called peepee, and you got to throw it down. Like a pee-pee wash diamond. Like a pee-pee wash diamond. Just ignore that. Ignore it. <laughs> we're, almost, we're hitting 
close to two hours here, boys. So. All right. Fade it out. Although that guitar playing is fucking awesome. Is that, is that Neil or is that... Uh, That's Neil. I don't want to fade it because I like when it hits that. This is Jack Iron's finest performance, in my opinion, yeah, on the album. Great drum. Yeah, really yeah. amazing. I mean, yeah. the guy's the, the master of the meter, but he knows... He plays to the song. He's got really good time. Yeah. He's like... Yeah. Uh, what's the cream guy? Uh, Baker? Ginger Baker. Ginger Baker. Like, he's just got good time. Yeah. Which is like a... It's not... Something that all drummers have. Do you know what I mean? Oh, like, yeah. Like, like everyone assumes they do, but it's tricky to just no. have mental time. You try playing like Charlie Watts. No. You know? It's it's hard. You I, try playing like Bill was like, Ringo Starr's not a great drummer. Well, hello. Right. Ringo Starr played to what the song needed. Yeah, and oh, that's dude, very all the shit hard. they were throwing at him, too. Yeah, right. seriously. Those changes. and yeah. I also can't, uh, like, I, first of all, I'm a lefty, so it's tricky for me to drum anyway, but the few times I have, I can't. I can keep a beat, but I don't know how Russ drums and sings. Yeah. Like, my brain can't. (laughs) Right, yeah. I don't understand how that works. It's like, what's the rubbing your belly and patting your head or whatever that is? The extreme version of that. I just don't get how... How drummers yeah. sing at the same jerking the, off and eating Italian It's the hardest stuff. thing you can do as a musician. Get all that out now because you can't. Yeah, I know that. I can't say it. You can't do that tomorrow. <laughs> You're just going to have to have morning. a dump. Yeah. You're just going to have to dump it all out on this episode. If you could play like the last, like go to 440 because it's just epic. Sure, you don't want to go to 420, Mike? Oh, uh, I get it. Yeah, weed. It's such an epic Pearl Jam yeah. ending at the last minute. And listen to Jack. And then, yeah. If you uh, if you go to uh, the next, if you go to the next album Pearl Jam comes out with, mentioned earlier, No Code, and listen to the song Hail Hail, it's got a lot of this in it. Okay. In my opinion, like they took a lot. They really took a lot out of these sessions, even though there was this guy four days or whatever. I think Pearl Jam took a lot out of the experience here and applied it to their own music. It's amazing that what just, oh, yeah. just four days and, you know, a few hours in those days, they were able to do that. <clears throat> yeah. How can you not, you know? Yeah. yeah. I like the song. I, lo- I really like the, the jump to the chorus. I like the, I just, it's just like, I got a, it's just got a good vibe for a song. They're yeah, all like driving too. in it's, their it's element. Like, yeah. yeah. It's a rocking tune. Very Pearl Jam. In a positive rocking tune, which is uh Yeah. I also, cool. I also do like the lyrics in this one a lot too. Yeah, don't be manipulated. Yeah, don't know, be denied through, through money and media. No, that's a different song. Russ. That's a song called "Don't Be Denied." Oh shit! I'm sorry. I guess I was too busy throwing my peepees. No, I like the I like the lyrics too. Um, well, I dreamed I saw uh, the knights in armor. Well, anyway, no. the playing on this song <laughs> is fucking it. is great. I yeah, agree. it is. Yeah, yeah. Jack Irons shines let's, uh, on this let's, one. Let's go, go to scenery. Yeah, scenery. My honorable fourth. This, this is, one is this is Jeff Immense's finest performance on here, in my opinion. It's great playing, but the verses kind of bore me until later on in the song. It's the playing that does it. That's why I didn't yeah. make my top three. But the uh, but even the way he sings, I love. I love this tune. I like no, I it too. too but this, my, this, this is, my, this this is, is like actually me. my cut song. Really? This is your cut song? Yeah, just because I like every other song yeah. more. I don't want to cut anything right. again, but. I just think I just think I this verse voice. is kind of boring. I don't it's know. It's kind of psychedelic. It's like, and the and the playing is really good. It's real spacey. It's yeah, just, yeah. I love the bass in this song. Yeah, Jeff Ament really. Yeah. This is like his song to shine on. 
It gets better later in the song. Yeah. It gets way better later in the song. I love it. But if you go to um just the start. 40, um, you can hear the difference. I think this is a I yeah, think this, this is great. I Mike McCready right yeah. now. And then listen to the difference when Neil kicks in. And the keys just slowly behind it. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. I love those the keys too. I didn't notice those until Yeah. That's Brendan O'Brien. Yeah. See, I love all this. I love this stuff. Yeah. I just don't like the verses as much. I think out of all the songs, this one just doesn't have an, a a melody that pulled me in as much. I think I love I just it. love it's the like, playing. It's a, I really it's love the, I really love the playing. Yeah, it's just it's as really far good. as a melody a song. This is almost in my top three. It's it's my number four. It's like a close four. I think this is another epic, like Cortez. Yeah, yeah. Danger Bird. Yeah, it's up there. You know, like a hurricane. One of those just kind of just well, spacey guitar. It's epics. one of those songs that you can feel them. They can throw it all into those breaks, right? And it, yeah, and they yeah. do. They really nail it. And the and ending it, is great too. And again, if you want to drink for this, another cautionary oh boy, tale, here we in go. my opinion, um, especially with the line, "When you earn their trust, then you truly are in danger." And I, I took that as, you know, okay, I'm Neil Young or I'm Pearl Jam, and they're they become huge, and they are names you associate with integrity, right? But one little thing, and they'll tear you back down. Mm. Like you've set a really high standard for yourself, or you haven't actually. The people listening to you have, and they put your tr- their trust in you. And that's the real danger, because if you do something they don't like, like we were talking before, Dylan going electric, right? They'll fucking send you threatening letters. Or they'll say you suck, or you know they don't even you know Neil doesn't know how to fucking make music anymore. His last right. album was with a horn section or whatever. You know, it's so that to me, that's this is another cautionary tale. The whole thing, it's kind of like, yeah, you want to you want to have your dream, but the reality of that dream is you're going to take a lot of shit for it once you change your dream. Mm-hmm. This is a great record because other people are going to assume that you're going to keep making harvest. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. you know. Also, it's, now that we've listened to it, I'm all, I really like that playing, and I like I do like the song a lot. I feel like I I might make you're gonna have to. I might not make this my cut. I well, think it would maybe be Big Green Country then. I just think I think this album is really good. I yeah, and I don't know. Again, all this stuff is personal, and it's all personal bias. But like at this point, where where we've gotten in the podcast, this is my favorite album in the '90s so far. Really? And I didn't I wasn't firmly on that ledge until we started talking about it, but even more than Harvest Moon a little bit. It just really, really resonates wow. with me. See, Ragged Glory. I love me, Ragged Glory. Yeah. This might not even be in my top 3. Just it just hits me in the right yeah. way. I don't know what it is. It just No, really it's great. Don't me. get me wrong, but it's like to me it's like Ragged Glory is the number 1 Neil album really of the 90s. He really found a good groove in the 90s. He did. And it just yeah. kind of he shouldn't have. Like the odds were against him coming out of yeah. the music he had made the decade before and just his age and what he was up against, he shouldn't have made this caliber of records and he's been just releasing nothing but good records. I think that eighties, the whole eighties Geffen period is just something he got out of his system Yeah, and realized. And and some bands do that. And I always mention Metallica in this, like they had a certain sound and then they went off and they made load and reload and right. some kind of monster and then a symphony orchestra, all the stuff. That, yeah. All the stuff they said they'd never do. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then they kind of went back to what they did best. So they kind of like, look, 
we don't want to get, it's just the whole rust never sleeps thing, the whole corrosion thing. I don't want to get rusty. So except for the honey slides, then we're definitely going to call rusty. <laughs> but I don't want to get rusty, so I'm, I'm going to make uh, trans. Right. You know, and I'm going to keep it fresh. And then when I get back to the stuff that I'm really good at, I'll have a whole new perspective of it. Mm-hmm. And I'll be able to attack it in a in a a, a different way or a stronger yeah. way. I'll be able to to create it in a different way with and more freedom because you kind of said that you you tear down everything you've built and then it kind of gives you a freedom to continue on to make albums like freedom. Right, exactly. Yeah. That's probably what that meant. Yeah, I think Rocky Glory is probably probably my top. It might be my two. Or it's, it's I mean, it might even be tied with. It. I don't know. This is well, literally just right now. Let's wrap this one up. We got yeah. one, we got, a, one, we more got one more. But I do. We should hit Merkin a little bit. Yeah. Fallen Angel. repeating line yeah. the where's the big drum where's the feel of body heat mm. it's awesome on archives the pump organ you can hear like the age yeah. of yeah. the instrument in there and those uh, little interludes in between of you know when they're you can hear them talking or you know it's just it's amazing when it's in high res yeah, yeah. i love this tune it's just it's a per, it's a really great ending yeah it yeah. is it's this beautiful. album as a whole really fits really well together yeah all the songs we should touch on Merkin a little bit um, even if we just touch you, so you want to do top three first so yeah. none of yeah. you f- I, I thought maybe you guys wouldn't like that as much because I know you didn't like him coming back to melodies like uh, wouldn't like Fallen Angel as much yeah just because they know in Sleeps with Angels right you didn't yeah. like the repeating of the melody it's different here though because yeah. it's clearly it's clearly on purpose yeah. yeah it fits better yeah like you were asking me about the, the Cripple Creek Ferry thing to me that's just filler Mm. But this has a has a purpose and a and a place in the lineup of these songs. Yeah, you know, yeah. to me. So it's just it's just completely different. Well, no, I'm glad you guys better. like it. I love it. So um, yeah. yeah, let's do top three then. I sure. can. I got I got it ready to go. If you want me to, uh, yeah, do right. it. So my number three is downtown. Okay. Uh, my number two is truth be known, and my number one is scenery. Wow. Yeah, I love that tune. It's a great a beautiful tune. Beautiful song. Yeah, that's a great yeah. tune. That's my honorable mention. My my close number four. My number three is what happened yesterday. I just really yeah. struck a nerve with that's me. That's beautiful. My two is song X. Fucking love that song. <laughs> that's my honorable. I think. And my one is truth be known. Cool. Uh, three for me is peace and love. I just I want to have that Eddie song in there. Sure. And, and then uh, two is truth be known, and one for me is I'm the ocean, and I think I would cut 
big green country, I guess. Because you I guys bet, sold you sold me on scenery. That's I'd, that's my cut too. I'd green. cut down. Even though I love it, it's that's the yeah. yeah no, again, you already mentioned the, that. It's hard. And I lo- I like it. It just uh, and me the same reason. It's like yeah. it's the one I like the least. I don't hate it. It's yeah, just, same. Yeah. yeah, it's just the one I don't like it as much as the other ones. Yeah, big green country just doesn't do as yeah. much to me as the other ones do. Um, so Merkin Ball, if you guys don't know, or if people listening don't know, I'm sure everyone is listening at, at two hours in. You already mm. know, <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, it's the two songs that didn't make it because they're just Pearl Jam songs, right? Because Eddie was singing yeah. lead vocals on them, and quite honestly, two of their best songs. Oh God, came out yeah. of the especially I got Id. I Hold got on. Id and and Long Road. Mm. This is I got this Id. Is gorgeous. And immediately, like even right, but without singing, this is already a Pearl Jam song to me. Oh yeah. And he comes in mumbling. <laughs> a good review for us is a good review for you. There's some pretty good singing there. All right. We should say this episode is sponsored by Ticketmaster. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, this was going on at that time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And Neil's got a great solo in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. Killer solo. Do you know where it is? I didn't write I, it. I don't. Yeah, it's, he's, you know, you can hear it near like yeah. the last minute. They kind and of tear it apart. It goes to long road. Well, long road. It's just two songs, but this. I mean, these got a lot of uh, a lot of play. These songs. You know what? I I got yeah. I got Ed. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. That's a, that's like an FM rock radio oh, yeah. staple. Not so much Long Road, but Long Road is a song they open with a lot. This a release. I love these drums. Yeah, you know. The drums are great. In the in uh, I th- I find it so interesting that. Neil couldn't put Neil Young with Pearl Jam on the album. Well, two different record companies, right? And they, you know, they're competitors. Sure, it's just inter- it's just so funny because yeah. it helps them both. You know, it does. But you didn't really need to at that time. Yeah, there's enough press around it, and they were both pretty huge. I, I just think if they had put Neil Young with Pearl Jam, it would have like doubled album sales. I think. I don't, a lot of people didn't I, know. I don't think. Or you know maybe what, Luke? I don't. Did. I don't know. You know what, Luke? I, I honestly, I don't think it mattered at that time. Yeah. It was such huge news that they were doing an album together. It was kind of like Zeppelin not putting their name on the albums. You know, it didn't matter because you knew yeah. who it was. Yeah. Know, same thing with this. It was like you knew Pearl Jam was playing with Neil because it was all over the place. But I mean, again, and it made sense in hindsight. If on Spotify it said Neil Young with Pearl Jam, it would. I would be like, oh damn, I want to listen to this one first. Okay, well, and that's now. Sure. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know. I, don't know. I love this organ too. It's really it's nice. So good. Anyway. You know what? Let's let this uh, play as we uh, as we exit the uh, episode. Here. So the next right. thing we're covering is Dead Man. So we all got to watch that movie too. It's on HBO Max. Okay. It's nice. excellent. Have you seen it? Not yet. I'm it's very freakish. Excited to watch. I'm excited and to watch it. I want to drive up Route Two, uh, past Greenfield to North Adams in the dark while listening to the soundtrack because it's okay. perfect for that. All right. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening, everyone. If yeah, you've thank made it you. to the end of the episode. Go to our website, longmayyouyoungpodcast.com. Yeah, buy some merch. We yep. need to move some of these shirts. We do. Yep. We need and to make sure you listen to Mike on the Pike. Yes. <laughs> That's right. Mike, you're going to put that song what, up on the on the website. I'll put it up. Yeah, you want me to? That'd be pretty funny. I'll put it up. Yeah. Um, I'll put it up on Monday. Okay. Because this comes out Wednesday. Mike's already been on the Pike for a few days. But if, you right. li- if you're locally, or you can do it on... Uh, you can the thepikefm.com yeah. and then the Pike... FM has an app also. Yeah, and I mean, definitely like listen to these last few episodes because Mike's going to get so big from his new radio. Yeah, gig, I'm going to stop slumming it here. Yeah, yeah. we're going to have to fill, fill in with someone. I'm going to be doing it with Neil Young. It's probably just going to be us and Locke. It's going to be us and Locke. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're going to become. All right. All right. Thanks, guys. We love you.
For the ones finding new ways to ensure the job always gets done. For the ones wearing many hats. For the ones who are hands-on, even from far away. And the ones keeping business moving forward. We are Granger, Offering professional-grade industrial supplies, plus real-time product availability and access to experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. 92% of households that start the year with Peloton are still active a year later. 92% because of a bike? Not just bikes. We also make treadmills and rowers. Oh, let me guess, for elite athletes only, right? Nope. It doesn't matter if you're an avid exerciser or new to working out. Peloton can help you achieve your fitness goals. 92% stick with it. So can you. Try Peloton bikes, tread or row, risk-free with a 30-day home trial. New members only. Not available in remote locations. See additional terms at onepeloton.com slash home dash trial. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points.